It's a five-star podcast. Because we do it. What's real? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What's Real podcast. This episode, we are 138 on episode 138. Um, I am your host, Ed Demko, along with my cohort co-host, uh, co-conspirator, and my co-tag team championship partner in podcasting, the J himself, Jared Bajoris. What's going on, the J? Goal! Goal! Turkey impression, hey, it's the turkey month. We're here in November on the What's Real podcast. Even though the frost has barely settled off the leaves of autumn in the month of Halloween, but what a party October was here at the What's Real podcast. The wizard behind the boards even dressed up as a wizard, looking like Gandalf this year. A beautiful month, another successful October in 31 days on season three of the What's Real podcast. But I am as geeked, pulling that word back out, hey, yeah, geeked oh, as yeah. ever, the Pulsation Nation is back and in full effect as we start our What's Real podcast journey in November 2022, episode 138. Hey, yeah, the J is pumped. Let's go. We got a good show for you guys this week, as usual. If you're listening to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, don't forget to subscribe to the show, guys, especially on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we have a good show lined up. As I said, all kinds of NFL stuff lined up for you this week, including our predictions from last week, some for next week, Steelers versus Eagles, fantasy football, and, of course, our weekly power rankings. Uh, another week, by the way, of Tales from the Territories, uh, this time, uh, championship wrestling from Florida, uh, which will be very interesting, I promise you. Of course, we're going to be talking about some goofs, and we are also going to be wrapping up the 31 days of Halloween. So uh, as we record here on the Tuesday, Halloween was yesterday, the J. Uh, my Halloween was kind of shitty, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I did uh, do my usual movie stuff. Um, but that's it. Nothing else. You know, I worked, which was a bad idea uh, on top of everything else. But, you know, uh, but the weekend leading up to it was good, man. How was how was your Halloween weekend and how was your Halloween? Because you actually have little trick or treaters as well. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing is, is we talked about it last week. So I won't go back into the, the whole thing we covered when we we're kind of catching up uh, on last week's episode on the 137. But I've had a, a really busy month just with weddings and business things and a surgery and I've I've run the gamut this this month hey Ed with with busy weekends and things so uh, it was tough to get into spooky shenanigans if you will other than watching a ton and ton of movies but that that's always a good way to have a foundation for those of us that love Halloween in the month of October at least I was in the world of horror movies that I love throughout the entire month so that's one one aspect of it that I did nail and we'll be covering and other than that, yeah, like you mentioned, I have a 11-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old son, so Halloween's still pretty fun for them. But it is still pretty sad, hey, Ed, as they children are the true barometers of life, and my kids are getting older. Uh, those parents will understand. I mean, you can imagine, as a parent, you remember holding them, and time just goes so fast. And my point is, we didn't take them trick-or-treating for the first time. Uh, my son went off with uh, his best friend, Andrew, and their dad took them. And my daughter, being 11, went with a big group of uh, the 11-year-old girls, all her girlfriends. So we just dropped them off into the neighborhood, and, and they went out and about, you know, because the kids have phones for safety nowadays as well. So they were good to go. 
So it's kind of bittersweet. You know, it was cool seeing them in their costumes. My my son was Chucky. I, I sent you the photo. His buddy yeah, Andrew was good. Austin Powers, which was hilarious. And uh, my daughter Gianna was was a vampirist and had a really cool costume. So uh, really cool to see them. But uh, for mom and dad, I mean, it was it was nice because the kids were gone. We ran up to Mad Max that's real close to us and and had a margarita, a Halloween margarita, because we never get time to ourselves. So I think it worked out uh, for everybody on Halloween night. It was it was a good time. And they got a crap ton of candy. Like that's we used what I was to think. Ask. What was yeah. the whole? Oh my god, dude! He, my son had probably a half a pound. Like I'm, I always <laughs> joke. I'm, I'm in numbers for a career, and I'm so bad with it. But he had a shit ton. That's that's a better metric. We'll say a shit yeah, ton. Yeah, that's that's a true way of measurement in our world. Is shit on the What's Roll podcast? We say, say shit ton of re- Reese's, all kinds of Reese's, and you know me, hey, that's my big Achilles oh, heel for sweets. Brutal. Reese's are the shit. So, uh, you know, he has to hide those from dad, not the other way around. Uh, but uh, they have very successful candy hauls by both of them. Uh, fun night. But uh, like you mentioned, dude, kind of getting caught up. It just wraps up an October 2022 that was very, very busy for the J, but fun and fulfilling as well. So so I'll take it. And I, I know you, uh, you were kind of all over the place in your own way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did get to do a little bit of stuff this weekend. Uh, there was a event in town, Grost Fest. Our buddy Tim Gross does. Timmy like Gross. A, uh, this was like a smaller, just like, you know, get together at a bar, essentially, that they did. Like the parking lot was the convention floor, essentially. Um, it was cool. Got to see some people, got to hang out, picked up a couple like indie flicks that I actually wanted from people that, you know, I picked up a copy of Blood Freak uh, finally because I haven't seen it. Nice. Which is the 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 remake that Tim and them did of the original. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, picked up another copy or picked up a copy of a movie called Spirit Animal that uh, Maddie Deering did, who's like an independent director uh, from Pittsburgh. I actually saw it. <laughs> well, I saw some of it at one point uh, over the summer, but I was a little, uh, let's say, inebriated. So I don't remember a lot of it. So I wanted to actually finish watching it. So I got a copy of that. But that was a cool way on Saturday to kind of like get into the Halloween spirit, at least somewhat, um, and hang out and see some friends and stuff. And, and like I said, our buddy Tim Gross, who's the best, Tim is the man. So uh, it was nice to see him and hang out for a while and kind of catch up. And then, uh, you know, Sunday just kind of took it easy and watched some movies and watched some football and shit. But other than that, you know, nothing, nothing major. I didn't really go all out this year for Halloween because uh, I had a lot of other shit going on, too, kind of like you said. Uh, and everything was kind of all over the place. So it was extremely difficult. So I was bummed that I didn't at least get to the movie theater or do something like that, too. But what can you do, man? You know, you do the best you can, but not a bad Halloween uh, season for the most part. Let, let's but, stay healthy. Hey, Ed, it's all, there's always next year. Knock on wood yeah, there. Exactly. So, but uh, let's get into it, the Jay. So 31 days of Halloween, something we've been doing here on the show for the month of October. Um, we've already got to the 31 movies, uh, that, you know, that we strive to watch during the month. Um, but let's just run it down here. The J for the last time, I'll get, I'll give it a go here first and I'll pass it off to you. This is what I already watched for the month before this episode. So I watched glorious village of the damned orphan Friday 13th part two Candyman, dark Knight of the scarecrow last house on the left remake the gate may X creep show cabin fever, happy death day to you, uh, trick or treat. The Butterfly Effect, Land of the Dead, uh, Birth of the Living Dead, The Fog, Pumpkinhead, Halloween, ha- or House, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6, Halloween Ends, Halloween H2O, 
Poltergeist, Friday the 13th, Salem's Lot, Pet Cemetery 1 and 2, Freaks, Elvira's Haunted Hills, Popcorn, Carrie, Friday the 13th, The New Beginning, Part 6, Part 3, Ghosts of Mars, Night of the Living Dead 1990, and Fright Night from 1985. So that's what I watched up until our final episode here, the J. Uh, and that, that brought you to a, we'll what, four, 41? A 41 was the total to, to where you're at now, and then we'll add in our final tally. So the J will run through a two. Halloween Kills, Conjuring 2, Fright Night, Jeepers Creepers, X, Hellraiser 2022, Slither, The Gate, Dog Soldiers Don't Breathe, Werewolf by Night, The Wraith, Beast, Terrifier, Maximum Overdrive, Van Helsing, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Idle Hands, The Curse of Bridge Hollow, Jason Goes to Hell, Lost Boys, Return of the Living Dead, Torn Hearts, Elvira's Haunted Hills, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Friday the 13th, 09, Phantasm, Child's Play, Popcorn, Freddy vs. Jason, and Antlers, which brought the J up to 32 going into the official Halloween week. All right, so... Uh, we could just go back and forth because I'm sure that, you know, we have a similar amount that we watched. I was going to mention, uh, I have I have six, so I'll throw three and three just so you know. Hey, okay, that actually works. I think I have, yeah, that's weird. Same here. I have six, so <laughs> works perfect. Out. Uh, first one up for me, number 42 from 1983. Oddly enough, it's actually on television behind me as I say this. John Carpenter's Christine. Oh, that's a great one. Classic. Uh, the first one, I'll throw one that I watched with the kids. Family movie night in October. The Bajoras household was the classic, especially for us. Hey, add Monster Squad. All right. Uh, went back to my birth year, 1980, for this one. An absolute classic. One of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Shining. Oh, beautiful. I'll, I'll wrap up the, the family watches. This was uh, the last one I watched with the kids. Actually, last night, I wanted to watch the original Halloween as is tradition. Hey, Ed, and the family trumped me. I was going to put on Halloween after that. Do you think I made it through two freaking movies? Hell nah. Uh, we we actually watched the updated Fright Night. The I believe it was 2017 with Yelkin. Okay. And, I I know I've seen it, but I don't remember it whatsoever. It's not like, bad. Okay. It's like anything. Was, it's a reboot. So for us original lovers, I mean, you can't compare it to the original. But other than that... You know, the kids liked it because that was one of the, the, the reasons I pitched it because we mentioned I watched the original Fright Night at the very beginning of the month with the kids and they actually liked it for a kind of outdated film for their perspective, you know, with their generation and their age. Uh, so I was like, you know what? There's there's a newer version of Fright Night. And they're like, OK, we'll watch that. OK, I got you. Uh, for me, I knocked another one off the list uh, from my favorite George A. Romero, uh, Day of the Dead. So I got that in. I was happy about that. All right. And l- let me just say, so we'll say, we'll save the one that we, I, I know we both watched. It's a yep. real new one. So we can yep. talk about it a little bit because we didn't talk about it at all on thoughts. So we'll, I'll save that for last. So uh, next up was I watched Army of Darkness uh, because I got the 4K, which there's oh, been okay. a handful, handful of 4Ks I watched this month uh, that's been a cool experience. So Army of Darkness 4K was really good. All right, we're officially in my Halloween night watching at this point. So I'm going to throw a twofer because I said it on the show before. I do it every year. I watched Halloween again. So that's the second time I watched it this month. Uh, And I watched Night of Living Dead 1968 because I've literally watched these. And I was trying to think about this, dude. It's either 88 or 89 is when I started doing that. So I've been watching these every single year since then. 
Um, I had a I had a VHS tape that had both of them on them, like shitty versions that I that I you know managed to have through the years. So that's when I was watching probably for the longest time, and then I replaced those with DVDs, you know, streaming, fucking Blu-rays, you name it. But that's that's how long I've been doing that, and I definitely was happy to get those in last night, plus two other movies. Really cool personal tradition. Hey, you uh, next up for me was was one. It's newer on Shutter because uh, I watched a bunch of this kind of film series and that was the newest VHS 1999. I watched that. Dude, I want to watch that one and I was pissed that I didn't get I mean, I'm going to watch it this week anyways, but I really wanted to get it in for this and I've heard some really good shit about it. It's cool. Yeah, cool segments, you know, found footageness, but obviously they have that 90s kind of camera feel oh, yeah. in a lot of the yep. segments. So yeah, worth worth checking out. Uh, this one, I was very proud of myself last night because I knew it was going to be on Turner classic movies and I made sure to tune in and I have not watched this movie in a really long time. And it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It, the original gets all the credit as the classic, but I don't give a fuck what anyone says. This one is better. Um, from 1935 bride of Frankenstein is better than Frankenstein. Just had to throw that in there too, but I love this movie. It's fantastic. I was so happy that it was on. They did, they did a whole day of horror on Turner classic movies yesterday and they played a lot of really good shit during the day. And then at night it was all universal shit like bride of Frankenstein, invisible man, the wolf man, um, fucking, oh, what the hell is the other one? They had another one on too. And I was getting ready to go to bed. Not so the mummy. It was. No, it wasn't the mummy. It was an oddball one too. Okay. Oh, the son of Frankenstein. Oh, that's cool. And it's not great, but I'm, I would have watched it if I didn't have to go to sleep. So it was. I was kind of pissed because this this is where I felt fell short uh, to me. Um, was I wish I would have taken off yesterday or today because I was debating on doing one or the other. And I was like, fuck, of course, if I would have taken off today, the day we record, I would have stayed up late as shit last night, like watching everything they had on because it's been so long since I've seen a lot of that stuff. I wish I could stay up. Hey, you so. Uh, yeah. If, well, I mean, I passed out after work, so that helped, too. Yeah. If we talk on the show moving forward, like the, the Jay's the first person or one of the first people that is using cocaine in like a healthy, positive man- manner just to stay up to watch movies. You know, yeah. And you don't microdosing just- cocaine. You just tuck it in. You tuck it into your eyeball. And yeah. It's like, yep, Instead it's, of snorting. it's different. Yeah. You just yeah. sit there like. like but my uh, my next to last one on my list is uh, just was interesting to throw on here, and then we'll talk about the last actual film that that we spoke of, and that was I, I started the Cabinets of Curiosity, the Guillermo del Toro produced show on Netflix, and watched the first yeah, I, two episodes of that. I only watched the fifth episode because my buddy's in it. Uh, yeah, did you like he, it? Yeah, I did. It's quirky and it's very weird. This one, this episode was, it kind of reminded me of like a kind of a Cronenberg type thing. Gotcha. Uh, but my buddy plays the bank manager in it. And it's it's pretty humorous too, like it, which is good because that Kate Micucci is the lead the, from uh, Garfunkel and Oates, like the little pixie girl. Yeah. And she's like quirky and like the the role's quirky. So she's really good in it. But uh, but I liked it. I'm going to watch it. It's just, I, it, you know, I was kind of waiting for the month to be over with before I kind of run through it. I think it would be an easy watch, too. Yeah, I'm a, you know me, I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro. So uh, it's definitely enjoying it pretty early on in the season with only two of the first episodes. But liking it so far. 
and the last one, I would assume, the JA, safe to say, the one that we both watched here. Uh, brand new movie, uh, straight up to HBO Max at this point. It was out theatrically just a couple of months ago. We're talking about Barbarian. Um, I watched this one last night. Um, this is the last movie, or no, this was actually before Bride of Frankenstein. Um, but I'd been meaning to watch this, and I was kind of pissed that I didn't get to it, but I was, I'm watching it tonight. I don't give a shit. I was like, I just hope that it holds my attention. And dude, yeah, the way this movie works is pretty interesting because typically speaking, a movie written like this, and I'm going to try and stay as spoiler free and information free as possible doing this because I feel that's it's worth it. You guys want to see. Yeah. Um, But the movie's kind of all over the place. And generally speaking, when that happens, it becomes a clusterfuck. But this one was very well written. So it works and they do it in an entertaining way. So like it has like this feverish fucking pace that like once you kind of see what's actually going on in the movie, it's like like it doesn't fucking stop. There's something and something and something. And I'm a big Justin Long fan and he's in this movie. I like what they did with his character. I think he's a dude that could play many roles, kind of like the one that he plays in this one. Oh, yeah. Like one part shitbag, one part good guy, like that type of thing. And dude, I was really impressed that this type of subject matter was even in theaters in 2022. Um, It's a fucking grindhouse movie is what it is, dude. It's pretty wild, like... You know, like it's an it's an exploitation movie essentially. Like they hide what it's about. Um, it's pretty slick about the way that it does things. Um, and it's it's really good. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely you know the first disclaimer is go into it knowing very little. Hey, Ed did a very good That's job. Of, yeah, making some points about it that didn't really ruin anything at all. And I'll do the same thing and just say that, yeah, that's that that was my appeal to it was I I say this all the time on the show. It's a a type of film that I really, really enjoy, especially somebody that watches so many films uh, being in my 40s now that wants different experiences and just loves the experience of the ride of a movie that it could be. And you get this one's immersive, like it kind of exactly. sucks you into like this little environment and what's actually because Justin that's, Long that's as an actor, like you were mentioning, he's kind of the perfect fodder to be able to carry the setup portion of dude. It. I'll be honest with you, and I was thinking about this after watching it, and it's not just because of this; it's it's also because that I, I like the dude. But like, if I was making a movie in Hollywood, like I was making a horror movie and shit, and I was casting it out, I'd be like, I want him to be like the lead guy, like. He's non-threatening. He's likable. Um, he can be funny. He's good at playing like the freaked out dude in a horror movie. Like he's obviously worked in horror movies before. Like I think he's a great choice for that. Like I want to see this dude get more of that type of work because I think he's good at it. No, he's really good. And it all goes back to that original Deepers Creepers, which unfortunately would have been a great start other than, you know, something that's involved in that that's that's real and, and it sucks. But but Justin Long has been part of the genre for a very long time. And uh, yeah, he's he's somebody that always stands out. In most of the stuff he's in for for your boy, the J2, that, that really looks up to actors. And I don't know. I think we we talked about this briefly and it wasn't on my list because I actually did catch it before October. It was like okay. right before October. And that was that House of Darkness with he's in it with Kate Bosworth. 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if this. you. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't know if you caught that. I, I, I think it's worth. Mm-hmm. You, I'd like to get your take on it. Okay. It, it, it yeah, was I'm funny because I think I, I'm pretty sure I remember mentioning it to you, hey Ed, after I had watched it. That I'm like, it, it kind of reminded me just of like a play, and you're like, well, that makes oh, sense because yeah, yeah, yeah. you knew that you're like, dude, the director's a play a, a play director, a theater. Yeah. Director. So yep. it, it makes sense, but it's it's interesting. I, I'd like to get your take, and I think you would think it's worth just to watch. It's definitely a slow burn. Again, it's like watching a play. It's heavy dialogue, only two people. You're kind of seeing where it's going to go. But again, with it being Justin Long and, of course, Kate Bosworth is really good as an actor, It's uh, it, it was definitely entertaining and something worth seeing. It was a good catch. Okay. All right. So basically, uh, I would say that's I, that's solid enough for Barbarian. Like, you know, we both really like it. You guys should definitely check it out. I recommend it. It's on HBO Max. Don't like definitely check it out before it goes away. Um, and dude, we've had this conversation before. Uh, we both even saw the movie about the potential of there not being a, a home video release in any manner. Um, and they've since come out to say that there will be one. And I will be buying this. One. I was going to say, but I would like d- that in the collection. Yep. D- absolutely. So I wanted to throw that. That, that and X. Yeah. And I already got X. So I'm definitely going to get Pearl too. That's kind of what I'm waiting on. You know, that'll be like my next purchase for that kind of stuff. Um, but for the month, um, I'm officially up to 48. That was my final tally for the 31 days of Halloween, which is a little bit less than I, than I wanted. Solid though. Hey, uh, I'll take off the, uh, Cabinets of Curiosity. I just wanted to mention it. It's not an official film and I only watched a couple episodes, so mentioned it. Uh, so taking that off, the J had an official 37. So I actually beat last year where I just skated by. I said, and I, I went back to make sure uh, in the podcast archives and the J last year did have 31 even. So pulled, okay. it, pulled it off the last two years. I'll take it either way. But uh, getting 37 watches this month. And again, with having a busy, crazy month, Everything involved, I will definitely take that. All right. Now, this is the portion where we generally kind of quiz each other about the list. But before we get to that, I wanted to say, how did you do on your list? Like the original blueprint that you wrote up. So I did okay. Uh, just going off of it. I have both of them as I speak side by side. Hey, yeah. So I'll just run through it. Halloween Kills uh, was was on both. Okay. Uh, yep. Conjuring 2, so I got to those two. I did have Hellraiser 22 on the initial, as I called it, blueprinter list. Slither was another one, so that's up to four. Uh, Dog Soldiers would be five. Uh, let's see, Don't Breathe was on here, was six. Uh, but just not to bore the audience here, counting aloud, I got to I got nine out of the the thirty seven. <laughs> so okay, so all right, let's see here. Here's the ones that I watched from my list. Salem's Lot I watched. I watched Glorious. I watched The Fog. Uh, Freaks, X, May, The Gate. Halloween Ends, Day of the Dead, Dark Night of the Scarecrow, uh, Night of the Living Dead, Halloween. And that's about it. So not very good for me. I'd say one, Would that two, add up three. To? Yeah. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 out of 31. So not the greatest, but, you know, it's okay. I'm not really mad. Although the only thing that sucks is there was a few movies on my list that were new that I'd never seen before that I didn't get to. So, like, I'm going to need to kind of shoehorn those in because I I do still want to see them. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so now the J. This is where we kind of quiz each other. We got some questions lined up here for each other. Uh, why don't you give us a start on this one here and uh, ask me a question from your list about okay, my thirty-one days? Let's go for that home run ball early. Hey, you know, just get you warmed up for maybe some ones that will require a little bit more thinking. Uh, just so you know, uh, I have six uh, questions that I wrote out just to throw at you. Okay. Now. Um, yep. so this one, again, just the overview, maybe, maybe it isn't easy. Cause I always say, I hate the favorite thing, but I just, you know, simple first one was favorite watch of the 31 days in 2022. Favorite watch. Um, Hmm. That's a good question. Amongst those 41. Uh, that's difficult to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, talking out loud, I'm like, yeah, maybe this wouldn't be a softball to start. Cause I hate favorites, but figured it was an easy you know what? question. I- I'll just say this barbarian uh, because it was new uh, and out of the stuff that I revisited, I, I really had a good time watching Bride of Frankenstein because it'd been so long. That's that's like a movie that reminds me of being a little kid. So yeah. uh, that was definitely uh, the my two choices there. I know it's kind of a, a shit move, but uh, it is what I'll it take is. Take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. The J. Uh, let's go. With, what was the biggest discovery you had this year? Like something maybe you hadn't seen before that you were like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know that this was going to be this good. Um, biggest discovery. So just looking over the list here. For that one, I might have to go with Werewolf by Night. Okay. Because I had no clue what to expect with that. That was the one okay. that was a, a Marvel spinoff that was on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looked up my alley. I mentioned to you when we were initially talking about it, I did catch some online, you know, brief uh, publicity that they did for it with the director in a short interview. And I, I heard him say that the Universal films were a huge influence and things like that. So that piqued my interest. But all okay. things considered, not having any indication of what that would be, okay. I, I would go with that because I really enjoyed it. And, and that, okay. I, I should say too, got as most things do nowadays, a ton of mixed reviews, uh, even just through my social media friends. I know a bunch of people that enjoyed it, people that should Oh, it's on Marvel. It. So yeah. you're going to get that but, no matter you what. Know, that stands out from that question. So Werewolf okay. by Night. Um, so this one, you know, and again, these kind of go in together. So maybe get creative if the Jay's questions aren't, aren't too great because first one was favorite watch. This one was the sleeper watch of 2022. Kind of what you asked me in a different way, but your sleeper watch. Of the 31 hmm. days of 2022. Um, let's see. Sleeper here. See, this is kind of rough, too, because I basically did. Okay. No, I was going to say it's hard to do because I basically went with, like, favorites and stuff. Yeah. But I, I'll give you another twofer. Uh, Birth of the Living Dead, which is uh, the George Romero Night of the Living Dead documentary that I hadn't seen before. I thought that was really good. Like, that's. A lot of people don't talk about that one as much as they should. Like, that's a really good documentary. I watched half uh, of it. I liked it. Okay. And I'm going to throw this out there because I've been singing the praises now, I feel like, for the last few years, the Jay. But I really fucking like Halloween 6, man. I do. I like it. It's a cool movie. Like, I'm kind of pissed off that... Uh, I didn't dig through my collection this year and grab the producer's cut of it to watch because it's been a little bit of a while since. But it, I don't think I've watched the producer's cut since I've kind of like reinvigorated my like it, it, what you know that I like this movie. Um, so I should have went and watched that because it is the superior version. Yeah, this we talked about that. The difference is it's just more a little bit more about the cult aspect of it. Yeah, and everything. it's yeah. a little bit more clear than 
the version you get like the the version the the theatrical version is a little bit more truncated than the producer's cut it's gotcha. good the producer's cuts it's not i mean it doesn't fix everything but it just clearly explains a few things a little bit better so we got we got to mention on the podcast too there's a, another personal connection i mean what isn't there with with us too but oh, we we actually yeah. saw that in theaters as teenagers halloween yep. 6 and it was one of the funniest nights of our lives because of what yep, we did that's why it sticks out which you know is a whole other thing but um okay it, here's another question for you the jay uh so I'm sure there's something on here that's not new, maybe, or something that's been on your list for a while that you hadn't watched, or at least a few things like that. But which one of these movies did you finally see and be like, I, I regret waiting so long to watch that one? Jesus. You know what I'll say about that one? And that is with the help of two of our good friends here on the show and the trips that we take that we love to the last drive-in with Joe, Bob, and Darcy. Okay. And that was Popcorn. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm sure you. I'm it. sure you heard it. In my my review, man. I really liked it. I mean, I I think uh, you had worded it great when we were talking about it. Where you're like, look, this isn't a masterpiece, and we kind of broke it down really well on episode 137, talking about it. However, for uh, I even said too, as a horror nut, to kind of miss that one again. It's not like I missed Nightmare on Elm Street or something, but nonetheless, I really enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was really fun. And and I mentioned in, in our discussion that I was by myself just cracking up a lot. Like it really entertained me. It was a fun movie. So uh, I'd go with popcorn for that. Okay. That dude, I was going to say too, um, I think that's something that shutter is really good for. Cause like you, you never know what's going to kind of go up there. And like, occasionally they will put some stuff up. That's like older that you're like, ah, this one kind of eluded me. And it's a good opportunity to go watch it. Cause you already have the fucking service anyway. So exactly. That's it's what a good it's opportunity. And then obviously whenever Joe Bob does something too, you know, that's, that gives you another reason to watch stuff. And then, you, you know, kind of reappreciate it or, or maybe Joe Bob kind of frames it in a way where you're like, nah, this is better than what I thought it is. You know, like after we review the whole damn thing, like you kind of do with Joe Bob, it, it really makes a movie better. Did you you catch what's been popping up on Shutter? And and I would think that maybe you, you'd be like, no, the Jay that's been on there, but I've been on Shutter all month, so I don't think it this stuff has been is like all the uh, the Christmas horror. I, I know they've had Christmas horror, but they they have like up to like Silent Deadly Night six or something like that. I knew there was did like five have, of them. But. Did they have the first six? Yeah, they have like every one of those, and there was a few others. Like they yeah, they popped up the uh, I think it was just. Cause it's shutter just to the point, you know, it's the day after Halloween. So they're throwing on the, the next holiday stuff. Yeah. So those, I, those I are ones that, today. that I, like, I will watch those dude. I know you've, I know you've seen the first one and I think the second one, right? I have both of them. Yeah. In my collection actually too. Yeah. But you haven't seen part five. Nothing, nothing beyond the, the first two. Oh my God. The J the toy maker. That's the, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. And do you know why you need to see this movie? I know one of them has Mickey Rooney. That would be the reason why. <laughs> yeah. Of the Mixter. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like, it's Yeah, that he would even do Silent Night, Deadly oh, Night 5 at that no, juncture. Yeah, and you should see it. Like, it's something. Whew, well, it's on was... there. I'll watch it. So, Jesus. take your advice, hey, yeah, Don't do it sober, but Jesus, yeah, my God. Most likely won't be. Yeah, it's uh, it's something, but uh, dude, that yeah, they do that. That's tends to be the uh, the next season that I get into. Uh, but which you know, I think we've at least talked about this in some regard on the show before. Uh, but Christmas Evil, 
it's another one that I yeah. like a lot that uh, yeah, I like they usually too. have on there too. Uh, yep. You know, there's a lot of good Christmas ones, man. Like a lot of good Christmas horror movies. People tend to forget about that. I think you know, with Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, um, a lot of oddball ones. Santa Slay, shit, which is that movie sucks, but the opening scenes like fucking. It's amazing. entertaining. Yeah, just stupid. You know, sometimes you need but, that brain candy. I always say. All right, so where who where are we at on the question? I'm, I'm up throwing it at you. Oh. Hey, uh, goriest okay. watch of 31 days, 2022. All right, goriest watch. Day of the Dead's up there. Um, let's see. Yeah, wasn't heavy on the gore this Halloween. I'm starting to realize. Um. All right, yeah, it's probably Day of the Dead. That's that that or maybe Cabin Fever, but I think Day of the Dead's way. Yeah, it's a good call. They're both gory. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Next up on the question list, did you did you watch anything that's going to make it on your like annual like is or that you're going to watch every year now? That I probably wouldn't have before. Yeah. Oh, good question there. Hey, yeah, looking through the list. Let me see what might fit the bill for that. Um. I'll give you a a twofer here because I have one that might be one uh, with the kids, especially, you know, them still being a little bit younger just as a family tradition is the curse of bridge hollow. Okay. That that was the, the Marlon Wayans one on Netflix. We we really liked that as a family. It was entertaining and it's just, you know, cool. Like it's one of those Halloween atmosphere movies. It was definitely in my opinion, better than uh, Sandler's Hubie. Halloween oh, that was in the past. Uh, that was an atrocity. <laughs> My God. And I like Sandler too. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, and you know what the, uh, the other one of the two for might be just because uh, again, this was kind of like a personal classic for us, but I hadn't watched it in so long. And that's why I like watching through it. I'm like, dude, I, I got to start watching this more regularly and throw it in the 31 days. So to go into answering that, Hey Ed would be the gate. Like that oh, movie's yeah. great. Get, yeah, I tend to break down a lot this time of year. That's what I mean. Um, I have it. Like I hadn't watched that in forever. Dude, kid, you know the what? kids it, loved it. For what it is, and like kind of the low, like it doesn't have a low, low. That's budget, what I, I have a special have a big one. It's definitely it's, a nostalgia dude, thing for me too. But dude, it its effects and everything hold up way better than it should. Than a lot like, of other it stuff. It should be yeah. like a clunky mess, and it's really not. Like the effects are cool in it. Like it doesn't bother Stephen Dorff still going strong to this day. He pops up in a it's, lot of good stuff. So it's, it's the only good movie he's ever been in. I always <laughs> yeah. make I always make that joke to somebody. Like they'll be like, "Hey man, this movie's really good." Like uh, it, it had Stephen Dorff in it. And I'm like, "Was it The Gate?" And then they're like, "No." And I'm like, "Then it wasn't any good." Like it's <laughs> yeah. the only good. <laughs> but that's not true. Did you ever see Old Henry? Movie. I don't think so. I could die a tribe a million times over, but no, it's a Western uh, came out this year. He's the, the main bad dude. And it's really, really good. No, I don't think I did see that. There was something else too that I was, well, never, I was going to say, never forget Deacon Frost. He was the main villain in blade. Uh, The first. Yeah. And judgment night, which is also good. Yep. With fucking him. Oh, doors. Shit, man. That's the shit. I dude. That's a movie. I I could rewatch like that can really be a rewatch for me. Like, I'd be very happy to run across Judgment Night on something because it's been forever since I've seen that. And I yeah. always like that movie. So 
Well, we have a certain but, thing that we can that we will definitely be talking about that that might fit the bill for us. So. That's true, very yep. much so, absolutely. So, uh, let's see here. The J, I got. The, oh yeah, it's your turn. Ask away. Yeah. So this one, uh, again, you could kind of take it in your own route because with favorite watch and sleeper watch, it could kind of go in there, but you could kind of take it somewhere else. Uh, this was best new slash fresh watch for you. So maybe not necessarily a brand new film, but the first time watch for you or a brand new film. Cause uh, again, you, you said barbarian uh, was the favorite watch and that was brand new, but yeah, maybe go a different route, but best new slash fresh watch of 31, 2022. I did a lot of revisiting. So it's probably either bride of Frankenstein for me. Cause it'd been so long. Uh, Butterfly effects a good one. Cause I was like, really like, meaning to watch that for a while and i just kept putting it off putting it off putting it off and i ran across it one night on like hbo and i watched the whole thing so like i was really happy to watch that again like yeah i, said, I might have to check it out up. again i remember always it, liking that it didn't hold up as well as i remembered but it was still decent you know what i mean i didn't hate it and it was pretty fucking funny to kind of watch uh kutcher like acting and like badly in in some yeah, parts like really trying um, Orphan was another one that I rewatched. It was it was pretty cool. Glorious was another one. Did you watch Glorious yet? I, that's a, another one I started in my usual fall asleep excuse. There was a ton this month of that trying to watch Dude, all the stuff of falling asleep, but it, I, it was good. I got like probably a half hour in roughly. It, it's the the plot line of it is so fucking goofy that I was like, J- Jared will love this. Yeah, it, I was. It, I'll finish it. I've been meaning to it, to get back to that. J.K. Simmons and shit. It's yeah, fun. It's the just voice. the. the yeah, the concept of it's fucking hilarious. So, uh, let's see here. The J. Um, oh, what decade did you watch the most movies from? Oh, that's a good question. So, let me break it down. I'm going to go to the actual watch list here. Um, so, let's see. It's 80s, 90s. Are they wow. modern day ones? I was well? gonna say, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Looking at all of them, though, as you would probably expect, just kind of squeezing it out would be the eighties. Okay, okay, and th- just to piggyback off this, just because I'm I'm just throwing this one out there, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes with the questions here. Uh, obviously, we watch movies this year, so that's the newest, which would be 2022. But what's the oldest movie you watched? Mine's definitely Bride of Frankenstein from 35. Yeah, another good question there. Hey, yeah, because I, di- I didn't go back as far as I wanted to. I, I said I got these huge sets. It's the 31 days. I love this stuff. And I didn't even get to my Universal Monsters uh, set or t- two huge Hammer Horror Collection sets I have. So three old school collections I didn't even get to break into. All that said, though, just looking off the list to answer your question, what goes back the farthest? I would have to say the one that goes back to farthest is, would it be Fright Night, the original Fright Night? Wow, 85, really? Yeah, I don't see. What, what was, when was the Wraith? Do you remember offhand? I think of 85, actually. Okay. It might have been 86, but if, I, I would put money on 85 if we were putting it on a money wheel right now. Then I'm in, I'm in 85. It's the farthest I went back, so not far at all. No, no 70s or beyond for the J this year. That's something to keep in mind, too. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, that's not even... that's Well, no, you watched uh, Halloween. No, I didn't. Remember, I didn't get to it. 
Oh, I thought you said you watched Halloween. Okay. No, Fuck. yeah, Halloween wasn't on this. They they trumped me for Fright Night. And I was my plan was to watch it after watching the movie with the kids last night, but I didn't even make it till the end of Fright Night barely. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, that's. I mean, my list was all over the place because of that schedule I was talking about, and we broke it down in the varying weeks with the streaming services. And as you've been mentioning, man, you'll just catch stuff on A and E or 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 even Turner TCM Turner Classic Movies, and end up watching it off that. Your list just goes all over the place, and that's part of the fun of it too. To me, yeah, Yeah, I mean, mine's all over the place, just talking out loud, you know. And and I had no like agenda, so I kind of just watched what I could. I've watched Halloween multiple times. I, I these weren't included on my list because it's after Halloween, but I watched Friday the Thirteenth one and two today because they were on, um, and I watched both. They're both on my list, so you know what I mean. Like it's just a lot. Like those are movies I could watch anytime, so I could watch them when I'm doing shit or whatever. And it's like it's just pleasant background noise, basically yeah, exactly. to me at this point. Yep. So it's like second nature, and I always end up watching those movies multiple times a year, and it's not even on purpose. It's just I, like, run across them one night when I'm, like, not watching anything, and I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking watch it, whatever. That's like, what I'm saying, exactly. And, dude, it's kind of surprising, too. This probably doesn't happen to me a lot either during the, the 31 days, but I watched four movies from this year. I watched X from 2022, Halloween Ends from 2022, Glorious is from 2022 and Barbarians from 2022. Yep, I'm right with you. All right. Do you have any more questions, Jay? Are we good? I have two more. And okay. I have to fix my list just because we are as perfectionist as we can. Hey, Ed, we're organized chaos here on the What's Roll podcast. But you saying that, and I'm sure there's been other mistakes I made. So it's funny because I took off Cabinets of Curiosity and dropped myself down from 38 to 37. I am still at 38 because I did not include Halloween ends within this, which I watched, ah, which you've saying. Okay. Man. So I missed that one to add. There you so go. I'm at 38. Just make it official. Not too bad. Uh, but Fucking yeah, two, drink, more, two more questions. Uh, so what are you mad you didn't get to this year? Oh, for my, that was actually a question I had for you too. Um, let's see. The ones that... Okay, there, there's is, a ton for me. <laughs> yeah, there, I was going to say there's multiple answers here for me. Yeah. Um, the Reckoning I wanted to watch because I like Neil Marshall. I didn't get to that. Um, Hellbender What's that on? Re- that's on uh, Shudder. Okay. Hellbender I wanted to watch again, but I didn't get to. But I'm going to watch that again soon anyways. Um, Jacob's Wife is another one I wanted to watch, and I didn't get to. Um, and I'll give you one more. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm very disappointed in myself because I usually always watch that in October, and I did not. Yeah, watch I had that year. on a couple times. Never watched it uh, front to back. Dude, That's why it wasn't on my list. I did not come across this movie at all. I know it's on Shutter. I was just too, gonna say like, it's on Shutter. Yeah, it just did not like. Oddly enough, it did not like scroll past it. It wasn't on. It wasn't on anything else. Like it was very weird. Uh, very lackadaisical on the amount of dude i didn't run across anything chainsaw massacre i didn't run across the remake none of that shit there's there was a lot of repeating movies this year on tv like i feel like amc this year they played movies the whole month but like their movie selection was way shorter than it normally is yeah a lot of the same stuff repeatedly playing that's what happens through the years a lot of rights issues i'm sure licensing 
involved in yeah, that. Yeah, it switches budget. back and forth. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous, frankly. But um, okay. Out of all the movies that you watched here, and I'm not going to ask you the best one. What was the worst thing you watched this Halloween? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, let me go back to my actual watches list. So we put in the work here on the What's Real podcast. I have like a a script here. Hey Ed, like we're oh, I know, professionals too, or something. Yep. Um, so this yeah, is a worst... month in the making. We've been working on this for a month. <laughs> yeah. It's more work than we put into anything. I yeah, mean, but... this is how much work we put put into everything. And and you know what's funny? Like I I like it for what it is. Um, and this yeah, is a two. It, doesn't, it does not mean that you don't like the movie. I was it's gonna just say the worst one out and, of the month. And you'll if you'll probably you all classics. Then they're all good. Yeah, and you'll probably agree with me on this. Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the runner-up was probably Elvira's Haunted Hills. Even though we love you, Elvira, just gotta say it like it is. That movie was yeah just so goofy, dude. That's yeah. You're. I mean, ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about my list, but yeah, it's pretty fucking close there with that one. And my maybe last, Cabin Fever is worse than that, maybe, believe it or not. I, I said I got to rewatch that because I, I couldn't even, I, it's been it's so just, long. I've seen dude, it twice, too, in the past, and I couldn't even tell you. I'd have, to, I'd have to rewatch it to really give my opinion. It plays like shit, frankly. Um, but, dude, you know what's really weird? I mean, do, you still have one more question, right? Yep. Okay, go ahead. All right, so it's a great question to, to wrap up with. Hey, Ed, what okay. would you want to make sure that you watch next year? Like, you're like, dude, I'm not not putting this in my 31 days. So I'd probably go in the, we were talking about four before one you didn't get to, but you're like, dude, there's nope. no way. It's easier than that. Okay. For me, Halloween and Night of the Living Dead, 68. There's no, I, that's a must, just, no matter you're, what. You're that's, that's a good call. It's a good way to look at it. That's my Halloween night, double yep. feature, no question. Nope. I would, nothing you're worried I about had, adding. It's like, I'm just making sure I get to my tradition. If I had plans all Halloween day, I would, st- I would either, I'd like get up in the morning and watch Halloween before I go. And then like, make sure I have enough time at night before I have to go to sleep, come and watch night of living. Like I would work it out somehow. Absolutely. No questions about it. But dude, so is there anything, th- this is interesting. Cause I have something for this of myself. Was there any particular movie that you'd seen before, maybe many times, I don't know, that you watched during this month that, like, there was something, like, you just discovered all kinds of weird shit about it, or, like, you were oddly obsessive over it this month for whatever reason, like, you know, like, something stuck out that you were like, oh, boy, I've seen that movie 50 times, and this time, this was just way different to me. Good, bad, or indifferent. Doesn't even matter. It was kind of like that was... uh... Because it's it's something I've watched a lot, and you know me, I typically don't do that. Okay. And I I went back to last year's, and it wasn't on there, so I'm like, okay, it was at least two years plus since I've watched this movie, and it might have been a little more. And there was things that, and we kind of talked a, a bit about it last week, and that was Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, uh, okay. Just for you know, weird. Uh, so yeah. weird that you said that, by the way, and you'll see why. Yeah, because we talked about our first theatrical experience. We couldn't remember 100% if we were together, but we had similar experiences either way, which obviously if Ho- we were together. Ho- and hollering, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it made it kind of weird from there forward. So like this this watch was, again, I think it has a just getting older thing and watching so many 
out of order portions of the franchise, even within the 31 days. Like I watched a lot That's more. That's what I do every year. Yeah. And I watched a lot, a lot more nightmare on Elm street this year, which is a, a weird stat than like, Friday I didn't watch 13th. any. Not so one. yeah, there were, there was things in that movie though, to answer you that were like, kind of, I was noticing and, and stuff like that, you know, on a good side or bad side, not like an indifferent side, you know, okay. and just, and I think watching it this time, and I always say like from a film, personal filmmakers aspect, like how would I do this if they gave me the keys to the kingdom to such huge horror franchises, you know, okay. and with Ronnie used decisions and things like that. So this is crazy. Cause I've seen this movie an uncountable amount of times, but do you know what movie was like that for me this month? Not a little or day. this year, I should say. Nope. Cause I was going to say, I'd be shocked, but yeah, that was my guess. Hey, yo. It's it's pretty close though. Friday the thirteenth, the original. Oh, okay. Dude, there is so much fucking weirdness going on in this movie. Cause I've watched this a couple times this month, so that's probably why it's so fresh to me. But like the the characters are so fucking weird. Like in the beginning, the the girl that goes in the fucking uh cafe that the, the truck driver drives her up there. She's yeah. the first victim in the whole movie. Like that whole spiel that he's given her. And he's like, quit. You know, there was this, there was this, da 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 People say this, people say that. Quit. Like, it, the conversation is very weird. Yeah. Um, Steve, the fucking dude trying to open the camp is the weirdest motherfucker ever. He's like off-putting. His whole thing with Adrian King's character is fucking creepy. And he treats all the counselors like shit. And then he yeah. dies. Yeah. Um, what else was it? Dude, this really stuck out to me. So there's a fucking... Uh, do you know at the end of the movie, the music that plays before Jason comes and grabs her out of the fucking canoe? Like when he jumps, it's like yeah, yeah, the happy yeah. music that plays. Yep. So I don't know if you know this or not, but I caught this and I don't remember hearing this before. But in the two diner scenes, the very beginning... And whenever he's in there with the the like the old broad kind of like he's like kind of flirting with her and shit like right. when it's just Steve and her, they're playing that music, but it's not the soundtrack. It's like a band, and it's not like them playing the music. It's like a woman's like there's lyrics to it. That's weird. So I never noticed so that. like the music's like da, 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 da. like there's a woman like tomorrow and i'm like that's fucking weird i and i i noticed it watching the in the beginning and i'm like that's fucking weird and then whenever in the diner scene later on in the movie as soon as that scene comes on the music's like fucking blaring and i'm like damn there's that fucking song again like how did i not fucking notice that i've seen this movie a thousand times literally yeah and that never stuck out to me until this time and that's what can so happen, many, man. No matter what, there's a lot involved. The there's another. There's so many fucking weird things in this that I really paid attention to this time. Um, the cop, the motorcycle cop, which has obviously always been kind of weird. He's like sort of comic relief, but not really. And he never comes back again. He just does. He disappears after that scene. Yeah, that was doesn't it. come back. And then the the scene, if you remember, with Kevin Bacon and his girlfriend when they're like walking around the fucking lake and it starts to storm, the girl tells this story about a dream, and it's the worst fucking story. It, like, someone wrote this, and she's like, 
I have a nightmare like this. He's like, really? He's, he's like, I didn't think you were afraid of storms. And she's like, yeah, but in my dreams, it's different. Like it starts thunderstorming and then the water turns to blood and then it washes away. And then I wake up and I'm like, someone wrote that. <laughs> someone sat down at a fucking typewriter in 1970, whatever. And was like, yeah. And then it turns to like, blood. I see Sybil Shepherd and, doing this. She'll nail it. Yeah. It's like if she, she probably read for it. Like, dude, that's why I always crack up with uh, Betsy Palmer. I've heard her say this in person yeah, for a car. She's like, yeah, I got the script. And I was like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's not a good script. Like, it's a good movie. I love the movie. But yeah, the script is pretty fucking lousy. And you start to kind of notice it with shit like that. But yeah, there's a lot. Like, Friday the 13th, the original movie, man, it got a lot of weird shit going on. And yeah. it, it doesn't particularly make a lot of sense. Like, same thing. It just And it always fucking reminds me, too. Uh, the fucking... It's... <laughs> It, the fucking shit brown panties gonna make that boy come, but that's from the second one. Yeah, but I always think about it because fucking Bacon's girlfriend's just like meandering through fucking cabins, and then she gets axed in the face like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the more violent actual kills because, dude, you don't. I don't know if you realize this or not, but before Mrs. Voorhees dies in that movie, do you realize that there's like no actual on-screen kills they just find people and they're fucking mangled right yeah until her but, and bacon yes well, the the hand with bacon you know yeah. what i'm saying but it's like most people they just find hanging with like arrows in their face and shit <laughs> like and of course the thing that always killed me about the movie is like towards the end with alice when like the altercations about the start and it's like Mrs. Voorhees at this point, I'm going to be generous here and say he's in her mid-50s. Would you say that I'm off base with that, the J? No. And she's hurling people through windows. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, I get it. It's a slight, like, you know, don't overthink it here, but, like, that's something that always bothered me. Like, same thing, too. Like, it makes, doesn't really make a lot of sense in in slasher movies in general, but it makes even less sense in this one when, like, when you actually think about this, like the, the heroine is running away or something and she's in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden the fucking, uh, the cook dude from earlier just like swings down from a tree, like, and they're like, ah, and like run away from him. I'm like, so the killer was like, I know I'm going to make her run down this fucking path here. And as soon as she gets near that fucking body, it's going to swing out from under. Like, you're going through a shitload of trouble to set something up in a situation where basically you're just trying to be as quiet as possible. Yeah, right. But you're lugging bodies that, like, I killed them back at the cabin. I'm going to take them all the way out by the boat and fucking hang them in a tree for six hours. And the minute the girl gets near tree, it's going to swing down and she's going to shit herself. Like... It cracks me the fuck up, but it it doesn't bother me. It's just I'm like that's kind of fucking weird. Yeah, that they all do that. Like yeah, all you get of them it. do that. You know, it's like whatever. It's the formula. Yeah, but uh, overall, I'd say a very successful 31 days of Halloween. The Jay, what do you think? You're yeah, congr- congratulations, man. Yeah, we we always yeah, look we forward it. to it. It's a 
it's a fun time, man. We go through the, the summer and everything. And one good thing about the summer ending here in Pittsburgh, where we don't get a ton of nice weather going into the fall is at least the month of October with football and horror throughout the whole month and sprinkle in some pro wrestling as we always do, which we'll be talking a little bit later in the show as always. Absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoyed the 31 days of Halloween here on the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. I think I speak for both of us here when I say it's definitely one of our favorite things that we do all year long here on the What's Real podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And it is time for our very first commercial break. But before we do that, there is an announcement that we have to make to Jay. Uh, We have a new segment coming to the podcast. Uh, this one, oddly enough, anybody that knows me is going to think that I came up with this, but it was actually the Jay's idea to do this. Um, so starting next week and, you know, for the foreseeable future, we'll say, you know, it's going to be like our movie segments that we do on the show, uh, quite similar to Thursday Night Prime and the movies that made us. It will come and go throughout the year, I would assume. But it's called Fridays at Midnight. And we're going to be doing something very different with this uh, as opposed to the movies that we generally talk here on the show. We're going way more obscure. Um, You're going to see a lot of stuff that would qualify as grindhouse, exploitation cinema, stuff that would have played in drive-ins, and just lesser known oddities and weird type of stuff that me and the Jay are actually pretty privy to. Uh, There's a lot of cool stuff out there that we've never even broached the topics here on the What's Real podcast. And it seems like a lot of the listeners, like when we do get feedback from people, they really do enjoy the movie segments. So if we can kind of make that as varied as possible, uh, it'll make it a lot of fun. So I know it's something I'm definitely looking forward to, and I know you are too, the Jay. Yeah, that's how we kind of came up with it, was uh, replacing the 31 days uh, this year and kind of looking at bringing on another uh, film segment and movie talk. We talked about bringing back Thursday Night Prime, which we always loved. Uh, We've been loving the movies that made us, but we were like, you know what? Let's do something even a little more different and and come up with a new concept because we always talk about we never want to plateau. We want to keep thinking, keep evolving, keep bringing on different stuff from week to week. And and I think it's a great idea. It's definitely right up your alley. Hate you up, but you know your boy, the J. I can hang a bit too. I, I already got a ton of ideas for this, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I definitely got my wheels spinning about this one too. And uh, I can assure you guys, if you guys like Thursday Night Prime, uh, you're going to like this segment. And it's obviously going to be a little bit more like the movies that made us, but mainly because we're just bring we're trying to bring you guys stuff that we don't feel like a lot of people know about. I mean. There's going to be a lot of people like us that are going to know about some of this stuff. But I I assure you that we're going to have even some stuff on here that's going to surprise them as well. Um, Because we, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, we kind of run the gamut when it comes to movies here on the show between me and the Jay. We cover a lot of ground. Um, And that goes in a whole bunch of different genres and areas. And that's another thing that's kind of cool about this segment too is there's not really, we're not limited at all by genre. Like we could do comedy stuff. Uh, we could do horror, we could do sci-fi, we could do action. Uh, and there is, by the way, and this is something you know, the Jay, there's a lot of action movies out there too that we can cover that simply don't fit the mold of what Thursday Night Prime is. Exactly. And this is a great way for us to get some of those oddities and, and, and different things on the show. And you talked about at the beginning of the show, an event you went to here locally with with a close friend of ours, another shout out to Tim Gross, shout him out anytime we can here on the show. 
And, and that's another part being involved in local independent film and independent film in general is maybe we'll have some friends movies on here and things like that that would be fun to talk about that are solidly obscure and, and get them some publicity too. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we definitely look forward to. And uh, we do know that's one thing too, that me and the Jay have a lot of different channels out there with uh, the stuff that we've done through the years. We know a lot of people in those realms. So there is a world of stuff that we could introduce you guys to uh, that we think you'll like. Uh, and it's a lot of oddball stuff. So if you want to uh, expand your horizons in the world of cinema, this is going to be the segment for you. So stay tuned for that. That's going to start next week here on the show. Of course, listen to the ads and everything here on the show. And I'm sure we'll have a little bit more information for you. But we are up against our very first commercial break. And when we come back, it's all about the NFL, guys. You know how we do here on the show. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this on the What's Real Podcast. Join us next week for episode 139 of the What's Real Podcast. The NFL season continues as the boys have their weekly power rankings and much more. Also, Tales from the Territories, Episode 4, all about Stampede Wrestling. Then it's the huge debut of a brand new original segment here on the What's Real Podcast. It's Fridays at midnight. The Jay's going to kick things off with his choice, the crazy 80s canon film starring Dolph Lundgren. It's Masters of the Universe. This is Timothy James with the What's Real Podcast, here for Goose or Goose on the 139th edition of the show. They got to talk about some crazy, hilarious antics and things, like women getting carjacked when their suits spilled in their cars, MGK's skinny, goofy ass, Kylie Jenner looking hot as hell as Elvira, and everybody having penis in two All that and much more next week on episode 139 of the What's Real Podcast. And we're back, and it is time to get into some NFL talk here on the show as we normally do. First up this week, of course, fantasy football. The Jay, you got two teams to my one, so start us out, brother. Struggles, struggles, struggles. Hey, yeah, but I'm starting off on a with with on a good note because <laughs> it's it's been a while for the Jays fantasy, and I did win with my team, the Blue Dragons, this week. So. I am now at 500. I'm four and four as I've defeated our boy, old Goofy, and his team, Otis. Rest in peace to Otis, his uh, huge dog from the past. But I was led by Tyreek Hill. Hey, Ed, over 30 points. Amari Cooper this year, man, for the woeful Cleveland Browns. He came pretty on good. last night, man. He did, man. And then, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow, uh, not a great game this week, but did good enough uh, to get through. Uh, and then Algier, who is the Atlanta running back, got me almost 18 points out of nowhere with some uh, rush yards and receiving yards. So I'll take it. A 157 to 129 win and uh, a struggling the Jay is at least four and four in this league. So this week I scored my highest total of the season, 146.12 to my opponents, 155.60. Oh, uh, yeah, you didn't tell me. And, dude, this sucks, man. I had Jalen Hurts playing against the Steelers. Got me 36 points. Alvin Kamara got me 38 points. Um, but, dude, like the like the Atlanta defense got me 18.30 points. Uh, uh, I'm on St. Brown. Got me 10.40 points. 
George Kittle got 11.40 points. Then everybody else on my team got under 10. Um, I had I did not leave anything on the bench. The only thing that I left on the bench was Marcus Mariota, who would have got me 30 points as opposed to 36. So there was literally no way that I could win this game. The reason why it was so frustrating for me, though, dude, Alan Lazard hurt for the week. Yeah, I have him. Debo Samuel hurt out for the week. So with two of my major receivers being out, I scored my highest total of the year, got an A-plus, and still lost. And I was pissed because I wanted to beat this dude because he's the best team in the league. So I've effectively gone from third place into fourth. I'm five and three, but so many, like, there's one dude, the dude that I played, he's six and two. And then two, three, four, five, six, and seven are all five and three. So I could either waltz into the playoffs or I could get fucked really quick here. And it's not looking good coming up because I just have a lot of weird shit going on. Like, got like I have no tight end this week because George Kittle's out. I don't have a backup. And I don't really want to pick one up because I play in a 14-team league. I'm going to pick a guy up that basically I'm going to hold for a week. Because unless Kittle gets hurt, I'm not starting another tight end the rest of the season. So I might actually go without him this week. And it might not matter, but who knows? Especially, too, because no Debo Samuel again. He's on a bye. Uh, I might get Lazard back, but I'll talk about why that sucks later on. But it is what it is, man. It's just frustrating. I'm 5-3. and three. I'm not doing too bad. But I'm not where I want to be right now because I think that, you know, I needed to keep the wins going and it's just not happening. Yeah, but like you said, with having two of your best guys out playing the best team in the league and coming that close, you know, it's like you get those guys back in your lineup, you're you're competing with the best team in the league. So that's a a good stand right there, you know. So Yeah, you, you might be right, dude. But the thing is, I feel like I, I without two of my best players that got my highest point total of the year, I needed to win that game. And it would have beat the best team in the league. So it would have put me in a position to be above them. And I would have, like, put another loss on what, like, and there's not a lot of teams in the league that are going to put losses on this dude. So, like, I, if this is a real game, it's like I fucking blew my shot and it's going to, like, fuck up the construction of the whole playoff system because I couldn't get that one win against them. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that that goes into my other team. Hey, Ed, the purple-headed Warriors that are struggling at the beginning of the year. Really good draft, really good team. The problem, the injury bug, like you were mentioning. Uh, That's, you know, we all have to deal with it, but it is what it is. Uh, on top of it, I have both Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on this team, who as a wow. tandem got me almost 60-some points alone. However, my opponent... Our buddy Phil, shout out to Phil, had Tagliavoa that crushed. Derek Moore for Carolina had 152 receiving yards yep. this week. Then thank he, the, thank he, the Bucks for that. Of course. He also had Kamara. So I was playing Kamara, who, like you said, had one of his better games of the year. Boy, I hope he, I hope he keeps it up. I need that so you bad. You need it. Man. And then uh, he also had Dalvin Cook on top of all that. So even with Jalen Hurts wow. and A.J. Brown, yeah, there was no way. So I went down 164.48 to 132.66, and the Purple-Headed Warriors are uh, at the lower end, of course, of this league, and 2-6. and six. Hey, Ed, the saddest part about this, and I mentioned it last week, and it's another notch in the L's, I started off 2-0, and oh, and I'm now 2-6. and six. six straight losses for the PH Jesus. Dubs. Yeah. That kills. Woeful, Ed, kills. So let's move on. 
please. Uh, yeah, and we're not really going to want to move on because what we're going to move on to is our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers mm. taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. They would go on to lose a 35-13. to 13. As we do here on the show, we do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, do you have anything good this week, the Jay? Because I do not. Derek Watt scored his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that shows you the goods. It, it only cost the Steelers $18 million to get that one touchdown it, out of a fucking fullback. And it, was, it wasn't even thrown by Pickett. <laughs> and it... And technically, as we speak, it wasn't even thrown by a Steeler. It was thrown by the Chicago Bears' new wide receiver, uh, Chase Claypool. There you go. Um, so let's just go all ugly this week because the Steelers got trounced by the undefeated Eagles. Okay, so I'll start us out again. Fucking fire Matt Canada. The fuck? This dude fucking sucks. He stinks. It's getting to the point, dude, where he's the fucking grenade and Tomlin's like laying on top of them. That's where I'm getting. Like if Matt Canada makes it through this, like this, if I, I said this uh, to somebody earlier today, if I'm Rooney, I'm like, keep Canada the rest of the year. I don't even care at this point. End of the year. He's gone. Tomlin, you're not picking your coaches anymore. I'm picking the next offensive coach. That's going to come in here and we're going to pay somebody and we're going to pay somebody to come in and drop a fucking competent offense. That's not going to hold back the goddamn rookie quarterback. It's getting ridiculous at this point. I, I usually don't get this worked up because, like, I don't care about the season that much. Like, it's a lost cause. I know that already. But, like, dude, start using the fucking games you have left to establish yourself, at least for next year, let alone years beyond. Uh, it's just awful, head, and I completely concur. It's just such a dismal offense to play calling. You know, I've, I've said this a million times, so I'll just say it one more time because we've talked about it on the show where we hate that stereotypical goofy-ass fan that's 400 pounds eating wings. Like, I could have made that throw. I could have done that better. You're just like, you know, shut up, Jimbo. But, dude, me, you and I can both say, like, we can call better plays in this. I, I swear to God. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't see how you can no, I don't, man. I really don't. Like, they don't even do, like, it. It's something that I'm starting to notice that drives me fucking crazy about this team is Pickett is never under center, and they do no RPO anything. Last year, they did so many fucking RPOs that my goddamn head was spinning, and this year, it's like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. Like, we're doing that five-yard slants. That was all Ben. Yeah. Ben covered for this fucking guy. That's what happened. A Hall of Fame quarterback who had a fucking busted arm made this dude keep his job. Still got that's, them in the they, playoff somehow. Yes. That's a, dude, if we would have had a even if we had had fucking Randy Finkner as offensive coordinator last year, they would have it's possible they were won more games and went further in the fucking playoffs. It's unreal. Yeah. My uh my first one, hey, you know, in straight ugly is the discipline. Eight first half penalties. Two illegal you mean formations. No discipline. Exactly. No discipline. Two illegal for, uh, formations on the offense. One on special teams. A delay a game and another ineligible downfield penalty. We've already been talking about this with the ineligible Dude, downfield. That's the best play. That uh, that's actually the only play that Canada draws up that gets the Steelers downfield. Is the 
ineligible men downfield. Fucking <laughs> yeah. And you know what it is? But, it's, it's hard enough for us to win when we play clean and perfect. When we're shooting ourselves in the foot, there's no way. There's no way. And that's no. what they've been doing with turnovers and, and discipline. And that's that's the thing, too, with Tomlin and everything he's dealing with, with the media. And he's just like, look, you know, we're, we're just going to – we're a professional football team. We're just going to keep working and getting back to the process and all that. But this comes straight to coaching. This is another thing. Eight first-half penalties they had. Yep, I, I totally agree there. Uh, another ugly for me this week. It's the first time I believe he's been in this category, but he deserves it after this performance. Kenny Pickett played like shit this game. I'm sorry. He did not look good. Um, I do understand the the woes of the offensive line, the no running game, and the shitty fucking plan that Matt Canada has. But besides all that, Pickett didn't look very good. He doesn't realize that he needs to step up into the pocket, which is a mess. He scrambles into the rushers. Um, didn't look good throwing the ball downfield. Um, just he looked completely off this game. And it, you know, it, again, you got to worry about the dude's confidence at this point. I don't like to think that that would be a major issue, but here we are. Here we are. And and uh, I have two remaining. Hey, uh, next to last here is Najee. Uh, obviously, yeah. to state the obvious, he is just not having a good year. Uh, you know, the in contrast, if you look at Jalen Warren, he just fits more, more in with this bad, mediocre offensive line to be more explosive, more downhill, running with more power. Harris just isn't playing to his build. And there, there was a play, it was a third and two, uh, third and two reception oh, in the second man. half, and he danced around instead of sticking his Dude. foot in the ground. And it's just that that's what he's been doing. That's a, a, a really solid example. And do you know what I actually put on my list during the game that I scratched off um, after that play? What's that? That they need to work Najee more into the into the passing game, like they did. Uh, last you were year. like, yeah, and then I'm like, well, never mind. He fucking can't run in open field. He doesn't. His decision making is terrible. It's yeah. it's really bad. Like I don't know how bad the injury is affecting him. Um, but for Christ's sake, Tomlin, if the dude's hurt, get him the fuck out of there. Like, do something else. Because, yeah. like, if, and if he's healthy, dude, if it's, he's it's healthy, scary, he's very, very quickly approaching bus territory, like, for a first-round draft pick. That's bad. That's something that it's going to take a couple of years for the Steelers to recover from, if that's the case. Yeah, we got to hope not, hey, Ed, because the, the potential is there with, you know, but sometimes, as we know, the jump from college to the pros, even to guys that seem like slam dunks, just doesn't happen. And and I'm hoping that, that we're wrong and it's a, a bad season. It has to do with the line and an injury, but it's a great point to be made, hey, Ed, moving forward. And the last ugly for me this week is an all-encompassing one. We're going to say the defense. A.J. Brown made our corners look like fucking goofs all game. Really, even Minka looked like shit. Um, the, the defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed, man. It's bad. Like, really bad. A shitty constructed defense that can't blitz because they're going to get killed in the open field. Like, the quarterbacks are just going to pick them apart. Um, Jalen Hurts literally just fucking flammed on the whole defense. Like, fuck you guys. I'm Four touchdowns, like nothing. He's throwing the ball on fucking field. 
Um, there's something else, too, about this game, that, it, and it's outside of the actual point of the defense that I hope the Steelers noticed, because um, I did. But did you notice how seriously the, the Eagles took this game, the Jay? Oh, not at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, fucking Jalen Hurts was out of the game with 10 minutes left. Like, this shit was like a, a Smart. fucking Alabama versus the little sisters of the poor game. That's why they're undefeated, hey, yeah. And, dude, J- Jason Kelsey's on the fucking sidelines in a Batman mask and shit. Everybody's chucking it up. Because, dude, <laughs> they ain't nobody afraid of the fucking Steelers this year. Nobody. And th- I hope the fucking Steelers, of all people, not us as fans, not the newspaper, the fucking organization, I hope they see that shit. Because guess what, dude? That's how people acted for years when the Browns came to town, when the Bengals came to town, when you fucking play the Jets. That's how people act. Now they're doing it with the fucking Steelers. Hope the team, I hope Tomlin and everybody's fucking paying attention. As we do, hey, yeah, beautiful segue to wrap this up with our final ugly. Thanks to our friends that don't know we exist at the Steelers Depot, as we call out our references, just verbatim because they put it better than me, and it's a great way to surmise everything. In the ugly, the Steelers season, hey, Ed. After the Jets game, Steelers Depot wrote that the Steelers season was effectively over, but a win against the Eagles would have gotten the, the team to 3-5, and five, and in theory, a chance and path to climb into the playoff race on the other side of the bye. But with this loss, Pittsburgh falls to 2-6, and six, and you can officially stick a fork in this team. Only one time in history has a 2-6 and six club made the playoffs, the 2020 Washington football team who won the NFC East at a lowly 7-9. and nine. That won't happen this year. Yeah, it definitely will not. It's it's kind of a dumpster fire this year. Definitely Tomlin's worst year of his career. Um, you know, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. And with the trading of Claypool, too, by the way, they got a second-round draft pick, which I'm happy about. I think that was a pretty decent return. For yeah, him. I'm, I'm there. Um, it, they're rebuilding. That's what that says. They're rebuilding. So, you know, they got some more draft capital. I like, hopefully they get the Bears second round pick and not the Ravens second round pick that the Bears have, um, because it'll most likely be a much better pick. Um, and you know, if things keep it up at this point, man, we might be talking about, you know, a two and 15 or a three and 14 team, which is significantly worse than I even thought. So it is what it is, man. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, yo. But let's go to our predictions from last week for week eight, and let's see how me and the Jay stacked up. Uh, we both picked this right for once. It seemed like we were getting these wrong on a regular basis. The Eagles beat the Steelers, and we got that one right, 35-13. to 13. The dubs. Next up is the Ravens and Buccaneers. The Ravens would beat them 27-22, to 22, and I think we both picked that one correctly. Yes, right, sir. Jay? Yep. Uh, the next one, I believe, I well, I know I picked it right. I'm not. I think you picked, or I picked it wrong. You picked it right. The Broncos beat the Jaguars, 21-17. Both had Jacksonville, two L's. Hey you. All right. Next up, I think we did pick this one. The Falcons beat the Panthers barely in overtime at home, 37 to 34. Both got that. Next up is the Cowboys blowing the doors off the Bears, 49 to 29, and I believe we both got that right. Yep. Next one we got right as well. The Dolphins beat the Lions 31 to 27. Two dubs. I think we we might have split on this one, maybe. The Vikings beat the Cardinals 34 to 26. Yeah, both had the Vikes. All right. Uh, this one I was wrong and you were right. I picked the Raiders, but the Saints beat their ass 24 to nothing. Yeah, we split that. The Jay got the dub. 
I think we both missed out on this one. The Patriots beating the Jets 22-17. to Yeah, that was surprising. Both had the Jets. We both got this one right. The Titans beating the Texans 17-10. to Both had the Titans. I think we split on this one with me getting it. The Commanders yep. beat the Colts 17-16. to That was a split. Uh, we got this one, too. The Niners beat the Rams 31-14. to The Jay had the Rams. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. I, thought, I swear I thought you picked the Niners. Uh, this one you got right, and I was kind of pissed because I was really going to go the same way you did, but I didn't. The Seahawks beat the Giants 27-13. to I was with you. I picked both New York teams. Oh, fuck. Okay. I thought yeah. you picked the Seahawks. That was gonna, I said it was going to be a closer game than people yeah, thought. Yeah, it was one point. We knew that. Uh, we both picked this one right. The Bills beat the Packers 27-17. to Yep. And we both picked this one wrong. The Browns beating the doors off the Bengals 32-13. to <laughs> Yeah. And, and, of course, that means the Chiefs and the Chargers were both on a bye week. So how do we do the J this week? All right, 15 NFL games in week eight. The J was nine and six. Hey, Ed was 10 and five. That brings our season tally. The J is 66 and 57. Hey, Ed, a very solid 74 and 49. All right, we're going to see if we can keep that going for next week as well here on the show. But it is time for our weekly NFL Power Rankings. What's real NFL power rankings? It's where me and the Jay pick from worst to first in the NFL. So the Jay, who do you got this week at 32? Give it a good old Hey, yeah, I'm going with the Texans as the current worst team in the league. All right, I'm not. I'm actually going to go with the Detroit Lions at 32, but I have the Texans at 31. So right, why don't you give us your next two, the Jay? Yeah, we're flip-flopped. I had the Lions as well at 31, so just a flip-flop there. Texans, Lions in the bowels of the What's Real Power Rankings. Followed up at number 30 by our sponsor, the, what would you call him? The Sir Purr. The Panthers at 30. <laughs> okay. Dude, this might surprise you. At 30, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Their coach needs to be fired immediately. Josh McDaniel's doing a terrible job there. And at 30, or I'm sorry, at uh, 29, that's where I have the Carolina Panthers this week, the Jay. All right, I put the Bears at 29. All right, and go give us your 28, too. That is our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers down in the bowels at 28 for the Jay. All right, well, I'm going to piggyback off you. So at 28 this week, that's this is where I have the Jacksonville Jaguars falling quickly. And at 27, that's where I have our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. At right, 27, I got the Denver Broncos. What about 26? 26, I put the Lowly Browns still. And I have the Broncos at 26. All right, 25, I have the Saints. Uh, this is where I have the Bucks, and at 24, I have the Saints. All right. I have them still a little higher than you, but they're definitely dropping. I definitely concur. And I'll give you credit. Hey, you called that with McDaniel. McDaniel is that not being a capable NFL head coach. I have the Raiders at 24. All right. What about 23? That's where I have the Jags. 23 this week is where I have the Indianapolis Colts. All right. I'll piggyback because 22, I have the Commanders. 21, I have the Colts. So bring us to 21, Hale. All right, 22 for me this week is the Chicago Bears, and 21 is the Arizona Cardinals. All right, I got the Falcons and Cards up to 19, just since you shouted out the Cards. Making it almost out of the top 20 for me this week. At 20, this is where I have the Green Bay Packers, and at 19, this is where I have the Cleveland Browns. 
18, I have the Pats, hey, Ed. 18 is where I have the Los Angeles Rams, and 17 this week is where I have the New England Patriots. All right, I dropped the Buccaneers to 17 with Tom Brady's divorce impending. 16 this week for me is the Washington Commanders at 4-4. Four and four. All right, That's where I have the Packers. Fallen quick, the J. Cincinnati Bengals at 15. Yeah, I have them a lot higher than you still. I, I always had faith in them this year, but they're really not answering. You know, here and there they'll pop up from week to week. But yeah, they're they're struggling. I don't blame you. Jamar Chase is hurt too, man. Yeah, That's that doesn't big, help. He has that hip problem. injury. That's a good point. Um, but at fifteen, I have some solid teams coming up. I mean, again, we always say it's week to week. You know, I was kind of overthinking this, but it is what it is. Fifteen, I have the Chargers. Fourteen this week, I have the Atlanta Falcons, and at thirteen is where I have the Chargers. All right, I put the 49ers at fourteen and the Rams at thirteen. At twelve, that's where I have the 49ers. That's where I have the Seahawks. Just missing the top ten this week, the Jay, and it's very close, especially after the move that they just made uh with the Broncos to get Bradley Chubb at eleven. That's where I have the Miami Dolphins this week. That is the first great minder of the week. Took a while. I have the Dolphins wow. right outside the ten too. All right. Now we get into the top ten. This team is quickly making its way out of the top ten. Uh, especially after their uh, running back last week got hurt for the season. At number 10 is where I have the New York Jets. All right. I am putting the Titans at 10. Crazy to think this, the Jay. This is probably the highest I've had them since maybe the first year we've done the podcast. At number nine this week, this is where I have the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Yeah. They're coming up, hey, Ed. I had them at 12. Dude. They're definitely coming and- up. And you know what? Pete Carroll might really be in the conversation for Coach of the Year at this yeah, point. Yeah, nobody we'll expected more about it. about that next week, but, like, dude's doing a phenomenal job in yes. Seattle. Good call. Uh, this is where we had that disagreement, still considering them high, but they could be dropping quickly, as you had stated, hey, Ed, and put them much higher. At nine, I still had the Cincinnati Bengals. Number eight this week is where I have our division rival, Baltimore Ravens. That's a great minder. Number seven for me. I don't know how long this one's going to last, especially with uh, the rookie quarterback being in there. But number seven is where I have the Tennessee Titans. I'm right with you with the team I put at seven. They're going to be dropping quick because I was high on them from their ascension from our bowels of power rankings over the years. But the star rookie running back being out for the year does is going to hurt them a lot. But I still have the Jets at lucky number seven. Number six for me this week. This, I feel like, is a momentary thing potentially, but the other teams in front of them are balling, and they lost this week, so I had to drop them. Six is where I have the New York Giants. All right, yeah, right outside of the top five at six, this is where I put the Dallas Cowboys. And that's who I have coming in at the top five for me at number five. That's where I have the Vikings, hey, Ed. And even with a bye this week, I had them move down a spot, and you'll see why. At four, this is where I have the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, yeah, I put the uh, the Giants up there. I got the Giants at four right now. Probably a little bit too high of a ranking, but uh, I saw some potential in them this year, so we'll see week to week. Hey, Ed, that's how I'm looking at it. Now, I'm pretty sure that these teams that we have, the last three that we have are the same, but let's see how the order goes. Yeah, that's number how it's three, been. Number three, I believe, is going to be the same for both of us, the Minnesota Vikings. No, because I had the Vikings at five. So oh, okay. I have the Chiefs at three. Okay, fair enough. And you know how it goes, and this is where it's going to differ. The two for me this one week is the Buffalo Bills, and the number one team overall in the league is the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Wow, is that funny? Because, or no, we 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 swapped. That's right. Because um, last week I had the the Bills, Bills. At number one. Yeah, so I, I did make the switch. They're undefeated. Eagles number one. They made it to the top of the Jays as well. So yeah, Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. And you know what? I'll be I'll be honest with you too. That the Eagles blew the doors off the Steelers, and the Bills didn't blow the doors off the Packers, and they should have. Yeah. Back. Where, where'd you put the so, Chiefs? Chiefs are four for four. Me. Okay, that's right. It's yeah. and it's and dude, the, the only reason I moved them down is because they didn't play this week, and the Vikings are six and one, and they're five and two. So that's it. That's the only reason why. And I think the Vikings are playing really good football right now. I'm not saying that one team's necessarily better than the other, but you know, after this week, it's very possible that that swaps again. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But now it is time to go through our predictions for week nine of the NFL season. Of course, our Pittsburgh Steelers are on a bye this week. So they will not be playing. So the first game that we got this week, the Jay, pretty easy to pick this one. The Philadelphia Eagles go into Houston to play the Texans. I'm going with the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Eagles all the way. Soaring high. Next up is the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Who do you like here, the Jay? Yeah, this is a tough one, too. Kind of middle of the pack teams. Uh, I'm still going to stick with the Chargers in this one. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one because right. I actually like that. I think they're a battle-tested team, even though they're 4-4. Four and four. I just think that they're rising to the occasion where the, the Chargers just aren't. So it kind of is what it is. Uh, next up is going to be the Miami Dolphins going into Chicago to play the Bears, the Jay Dolphins win. Going with the Dolphins for sure. We have the two and six Panthers going into Cincinnati to play the Bengals, the Jay at four and four. Who do you like here? Well, like I said, I've been high on the Bengals. Uh, I'm the Panthers are rebuilding. I'm going to stick with uh, liking the Bengals a bit. Yeah, I do think the Bengals win this week as well, so I'm going to go with them. Next up, the Green Bay Packers go into Detroit to play the Lions, the Jay, and the Lions are going to beat them. All right, I'm going to stick with the Packers, though, for my prediction here. Next up is the 3-4-1 Colts versus the 4-4 four four Patriots. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, freaking Belichick, man. As much as my disdain is up there for him, I do have to give him credit where it's due. I'm going to stick with the Pats on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Pats, too. I think the Colts are kind of a mess at this point in the season. Uh, just completely mismanaged their team. And Frank Reich's probably going to get fired as well. Yeah, after this year. Uh, next up is the Buffalo Bills going into New York to play the Jets and the Jay. Buffalo rides again. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Buffalo for this one. This one's kind of interesting here. The 6-1 and one Vikings go to Washington to play the 4-4 four and four Commanders. Yeah, I still like the Vikings, man. They're balanced. I'm going to stick with the Vikings. Same. Yeah. yeah, I think the Vikings win, but I think it's going to be a, a little bit more of an interesting game than people think it's going to be. Uh, next up, we, boy, is this one a dumpster fire of a game. The Raiders going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I'm going with the Jags. Yeah, I'm going to support the cons in this one. Go to the Jags. Who do you like in this one, the Jay? The Seattle Seahawks go into Arizona to play the Cardinals. I don't like, dude, like you said, I'm kind of getting on the bandwagon of the Seahawks, Geno Smith. A lot of uh, analysts, pundits, and that sort of thing within the NFL are talking about the Seahawks. You mentioned Pete Carroll, really underrated coach coming into this year. Many people not thinking they're going to do much without Russ. Seahawks going over here. Hey, yeah. yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks, too. I think they're a team on the rise when the Cardinals are a team on the downside. So it just kind of yep. is what it is. It's going to be a nasty season in Arizona, I think. Next up is pretty interesting, but it's probably not the game we thought we'd see. 
where the Los Angeles Rams go to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. The Rams get back on track and get the win in this one, the Jay. I'm with you. I can't go with the Bucs right now, man. They look like shit. Yep. Uh, Sunday night football comes to us as the way of Kansas City as they host the Titans. Who do you like here, the Jay? Really good game. This one can go either way. Uh, I, you know, I don't think picking either team's an upset, so sniffing out the, the victors here. But prime time, Mahomes at home, that's my deciding factor. I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah, this is crazy, dude. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, too. Uh, both teams are 5-2, and two, and the Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites in that game. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. In an NFL game. That's fucking wild. That is. And the last game of the weekend, of course, is Monday Night Football. The Baltimore Ravens play the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, and I'm going to go with the Saints. Or, I'm sorry, the Ravens. All right. I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. Hey, I can't pick the Saints this week over Baltimore and especially Lamar Jackson. And as I already mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a bye, as are the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, and the San Francisco 49ers. So they'll all be off next week for sure. Uh, those are our predictions, and that is our NFL segment of the week, guys. We are going to take another quick commercial break, and whenever we come back, it's time to head off into the world of wrestling, specifically Tales from the Territories, this week, Central Europe Championship Wrestling from Florida. So stay tuned. We'll be back with that and much more right after this, right here on the What's Real Podcast. Step right up. Friday's at midnight here. We got all the finest women in the world. We got all the kind of craziest stuff you've ever seen. Hey, buddy, what about you? Why don't you come on into Friday's at midnight and see what the world beholds? Hey, what kind of wares do you have? What kind of place is this? This looks pretty unique. Tracy, want to check this out? You like hot women? You like crazy people? What about murder? We got that too. Cartoon characters, stupidity, just about everything you guys want to see. Come on in. Just a small fee, if you will. Sorry, Tracy. I love all these things. I'm leaving you. You stay here. Here it is, sir. All right. Head on in. All right. Fridays at midnight, everybody. What's Real Podcast. Join us next week for one of the craziest movie segments in podcasting. Fridays at midnight. And we're back, and it is time once again to go into the world of wrestling with Vice's new series, Tales from the Territories, this time all about championship wrestling from Florida. Uh, we had a brand new roundtable this time, of course, uh, with Steve Kern, also known as Skinner from his WWF days, Kevin Sullivan, Bob Roop, Gerald Briscoe, and Brian Blair. Um, interesting thing that I wanted to mention real quick before we get into this one. If you remember uh, Bob Roop, there's a short segment in this, the Jay, where we're talking about him doing the sugar hold. Do you yeah. remember this? Yep. I know the it guy just explode a man's leg. Uh, I know a guy named William Harding, uh, who Bob Roop at one time was doing a challenge where any guy in the crowd can come in and get, uh, you know, put in a sugar hold. And if you can get out of it, you get money. And he got out of it because the dude was a martial artist. And he he's told the story many times on many different podcasts and things about how, like, they still tried to fuck him big time. Of course. Like, they didn't want to give him the money. They were it, Like, it's a really an amazing story. So if you guys look up William Harding or the king of the sugar hold, 
Uh, there's a really good story behind all that stuff, and I just wanted to mention on it because he's, he's a hell of a nice guy, really good dude. So uh, it's I'm like a big a fan of that semi pro when Dukes, who's uh, yes. James Earl, what's his name? The fucking James Earl Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Witching Hour. I was doing that last week, brain fart and left and right on names I know, but uh, but yeah, the dude from uh, Bad, Bad News Bears that played Freddy in the reboot. Oh, um, fuck. Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley plays Dukes. Remember, he makes the uh, full court shot, and Will Ferrell's like, shit. <laughs> he's, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, they wouldn't take my check. He's like, no, no, no. You got to go to a big bank that <laughs> takes big checks. <laughs> I love that movie, too. Oh, it's, it's like, hilarious, that movie. Fuck, fucking Harrelson gets his, he's, he like showing off his ring. Andre 3000's like, yeah. Why you wear a ring you got sitting on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a great movie. As we digress, really. as we do on the double question mark. Back to the world of Florida hand. I, I just got to say on the outset, too, I, I feel, feel like this is one of those ones where the episode name, they feel like they had a clever title. And I was liking it at first, and then I really thought about it. And it's one of those ones that, like, it's close, but it doesn't rhyme, and it it's, doesn't come together great. It's Bloodstains and the Everglades. See, I kind of like it. I did like it, if, but you know what I mean? It doesn't run. It's bloodstains and the yeah, Everglades. It's, yeah. it's like it's a little off. <laughs> yeah, it, But it's, it's good. Not, it works. Yeah, it, it's not catchy. I give you that. But I do like it for what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um. So, of course, they, they start this off all about Eddie Graham. Uh, his son, Mike Graham, of course, was a star for them. And, uh, you know, they, they talk about his booking, uh, his wrestling uh, the, the type of person that he was before he got into wrestling and things like that. Uh, of course, Steve Kern, who, by the way, was by far, I thought, the most interesting He's cool. person. Yeah, I like Steve one, Kern. Which, which was very surprising to me that he outshined Kevin Sullivan. I was just going to say, say Kevin, he was still good, but yeah. You know, absolutely. Briscoe was kind of like, they, they gave him the role of like the, uh, the ring general. Moderator. Kinda, yeah, exactly. Moderator. Yep. So they, of course, talk about the sugar hold and uh, because Kieran talks about uh, he saw a would-be wrestler putting into the sugar hold and he started to bleed from his eyes and nose, uh, trying to escape the room to find the only doors chained up and finally turns around to see Eddie Graham right there in his face and beats the shit out of him. Um, a lot of people don't realize, like, the sugar hold, what it is, so as we all know, wrestling is predetermined. Um, but in these days, generally speaking, there was always one guy, but you know, usually more than one guy, who were essentially guardians of the territory. And by that, I mean guys that were good professional wrestlers, but were also shooters. They could go. They knew the holds to put people in that they couldn't get out of. They knew how to maim and hurt people. And sometimes they would have to do that. Um, a lot of this stuff was done so the guys couldn't come into the company, face the champion, and just take the belts from them and stuff like that. It was it was definitely to protect the business in the territory. And Bob Roop was one of those guys uh, for Eddie Graham. Um, he was a former serviceman, an Olympic wrestler. Dude was legit as yeah, legit gold can gold be. medalist, right? But, well, not gold medalist, but okay. he, he well, he, he won not in the Olympics anyways. Uh, he might be like world championships and shit like that, but not the actual Olympics. So, uh, but Kern talks about seeing the sugar hold and he says to Roop, he's pretty sure that it was him that night that did it. Um, and it kind of like got 
turned into realizing that like, wait a minute, like I thought this stuff was fake and it's, you know, it's predetermined, but it can be real very quickly. Uh, of course, they tell the story that we've heard a billion times over. Uh, and Briscoe tells him about seeing a young Terry Bollea long before he was Hulk Hogan, uh, trying to get him into the business. Uh, they paired him up with Hiro Matsuda, who broke his ankle and leg. Um, and he would eventually come back, get trained. But that the, the Florida territory um, was probably the first one to get really well known for training some big names and talent. Um, that was like one of the best places you could go in the, you know, like the, the kayfabe days to basically get trained. Um, Vern had another place. We talked about it last week on the AWA episode. They were very similar to that. They kind of had to train their own talent. And most of the time guys, you know, whenever, whenever you open up a, a training facility, you have to do it in a certain way. Um, Minnesota wasn't the best place, but the AWA was a big territory. So that's why guys would go there. Um, in Florida, it wasn't the best territory. It was a good territory, but you get to live in Florida. So a lot of talent was available there, which Kern kind of goes over as well. So um, one of the more interesting things that they talked about in this one, and I didn't know if you were familiar with this, the Jay, or not, but it was all about the Steve Kern and Bob Root. It was awesome. That uh, they, they basically, Steve Kern's real life father was a POW in Vietnam. And for seven years, for seven and a half years. And they finally negotiated to get him to come home. It was a big publicity thing at the time. Steve Kern would run up and hug his dad. Like they got pictures of it in the newspaper. So it was a story in Florida that people were very familiar with. So immediately they had Bob Roop uh, go and do this angle where, and dude, this is really weird. And I don't really want to get too far and deep into this, but I will anyways for a moment. But he kind of says how uh, Kern's dad was a coward because he got caught. He's like, I'm a former serviceman, and we look at POWs as cowards, you know. Dude, it's very weird to me that, like, Donald Trump kind of took some of the stuff out of his playbook for running for president. Because remember, he kind of said some stuff like this. Dude, it was all and, pro wrestling, that shit. And Circus. Yeah. It, but this is very pinpointish. Like, somebody saw this and was like, do the Bob Roop thing. Um, and it was about... Um, uh, what's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? He he died. Jesus Christ. Um. Uh, damn it. I'm totally having a brain fart. Politician that died. Who was a war hero. John McCain. Sorry. But, of course, they talk about Roop. And they, they go, th- this is a blood feud uh, between these two. And it's probably the most famous feud uh, in the territory ever because of this. Um, they really recap it very well. I'm glad they gave some time to it. And you can't talk about uh, championship wrestling from Florida without Kevin Sullivan. And the reason is because Kevin Sullivan uh, created something called the Army of Darkness in Florida, which was a cult gimmick with him basically playing a Satan worshiper. Um, they talk about you know him going into the grocery stores in Florida dressed in full gimmick. In cloak. People would be afraid <laughs> yeah. of him. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I, I can tell you some of this stuff from experience. This was all true. Satanic um, panic. That, yeah. Like this gimmick went fucking bonkers down there. Like it's it's how I first became known of who Kevin Sullivan was. I even remember seeing the stuffs in the mag stuff in the magazines when I was a kid, and it's like this shit looks crazy. Yeah, with the like this star on his forehead and everything. 
Yeah, the pentagram, the pentagram, all that kind of shit. Um, really had an interesting, you know, group of people that he was working with. And it's kind of funny too, because they they hover or they cover the feud between Sullivan and Blackjack Mulligan. And dude, for all intents and purposes here, like Blackjack Mulligan would fucking destroy Kevin Sullivan for real. Um, but they did the one week match. Yeah, the week long fight. And they where they essentially brawled their way out of the arena. And they never were heard from again. The next week, the show turns on. There's just a random match going on in the ring. And they come fighting out of the back wearing the same stuff they had the week before. And it looked like they were fighting for a full week. Something that went over very well on television. Uh, Brian Blair tells kind of a goofy story about Pat Patterson hiding in the trunk, mooning people and shit like that. Like, whatever. Louie. Um, yeah. Louie, the, Pat Patterson's uh, life partner. Uh, kind of being involved in the pranks. Um, that was funny now, though with B. Brian Blair. It's they, it's kind of weird to me that that's they the did the switcheroo. Really to, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the only thing that he really had to talk about in the episode. Because um, he said he final, spread his ass. That made it like I'm like, dude, to add that like detail, you're, you're embellishing a story that's not very interesting. Basically, <laughs> yeah. that's what they do. That's what wrestlers do. So. Uh, but the final part of the round table, and this was the part that I thought was the most telling, uh, was Kern and everybody would kind of talk about the troubled last days of Eddie Graham's life. Um, he ended 13 years of sobriety and started being reckless and drunk. Like they tell a story about driving uh, him driving a plane into fireworks, um, him kayfabing police to get out of it. Um, but they said that you could essentially, and they didn't talk about, they didn't really go into full detail. Um, but he, he would eventually take his own life. Um, and oddly enough, the sad thing would happen to his son, Mike, many years later. Um, I don't know if Mike had a drinking problem or anything like that, but, um, his father's death kind of loomed over him for a really long time. And I thought this was kind of stupid. They kind of mold in how championship wrestling from Florida was such a great developmental area that it only made sense to start Florida championship wrestling, which was the WWE's developmental territory before NXT and how NXT still takes place in Florida to this day. Um, that was kind of a reach to me. I don't think that really has anything to do with it. Um, but the, I, you know, I thought this was a good episode. I thought it was going to be better. Um, I thought the stuff about Eddie Graham was particularly good. And of course, I thought the Bob Roop and Steve Kern stuff was really good, but everything else was just kind of thrown together nonsense. And the Briscoe was pointless on this one, other than just being a talking head. Um, it, it's without a question. Like I said, the AWA one wasn't the best because guys were kind of bullshitting, but it was entertaining. This one felt hollow to me. And unfortunately, it's because I think that they didn't get the best people to represent uh, Florida. You know, a lot of the best people are no longer here as well. Um, but I, they could have spent more time on the Eddie Graham stuff. There was a lot more other feuds and things that, that I thought that they could have went into. It felt kind of rushed along. Um, they could have probably done several episodes on Florida as well. But overall, I, I thought it was just a bit disappointing, frankly, from that kind of aspect. Well, I think in, in comparison, especially with the fact that this crew are the originators and creators of dark side of the ring. And this is a, a spinoff that we've been through with, with its incarnation. And this being the first season of this tales from the territories concept is the fact that I think that with the concept of dark side of the ring, just focusing on individuals 
they can get deeper in the one hour running time. I think they bite off yeah. more than they can chew in these situations and they pull good stories, entertaining stories, but they're just so random and they can only tell them with commercials and the time they have in like 10 to 15 minute intervals, basically to your point. I think it's just what we discussed when we compare it to some of the, the DVDs in the past that are able to tell longer stories. It's like anything, man. It goes into the the parallel with with films that we talk about. You know, putting everything into an hour and a half, two hour film in comparison to a a series and things like that. I I, I see that in this, where it's like they're they're just taking these these territories and trying to tell all these varying stories within a, a time frame that just doesn't, you know, really work for that. I think they would have been better off doing, and they could have probably you know say like do a nine episode season with three episodes about each territory right kind of yeah there's it, it would the have, surface it would have even been better if they only got two and you the stories I mean? they're telling are just so random for me and this is just a personal little nitpicking preference i'll preface by saying that to me it would have been a cooler idea to you know, to, to what you're saying, like with putting maybe three episodes into the territory, but but kind of just doing more of like, okay, we're going to take th- this story. Like, remember when we were first talking about it to, to get my point across yeah. here? And we, we said we were assuming that their setup for the season was that they were going to take, you know, obviously take the first episode. Okay, we're going to take Memphis. We're going to kind of give the, the, the viewers and the audience an overview of Memphis, tell some good stories from Memphis, but then we're going to take their biggest story and we're going to tell a full detailed account of that. And that's what yep. they did with, with Lawler and, and Andy Kaufman. And then of course, after that, they, they just went back to doing one territory per episode. And, and again, it's just, it's just kind of too random and thrown together of stories to me that the fact that I love professional wrestling as much as I do and covering it for the podcast, of course, it's still breezy. Like, don't get me wrong. These aren't tough to get through by any means, but I think as far as being something, and again, I have to compare it to dark side of the ring. Uh, I'll just surmise it like that. Hey, I just don't think this is, this touches dark side of the ring, like anywhere close. Yeah. In my opinion, this is, this is the way I would have did the season. I would have did Memphis. I would have did Andy Kaufman. I would have did AWA. I would have did the Ken Patera or Mr. That's that's what we were initially assuming. Yep. I would have done uh, championship wrestling from Florida, and then I would have did an episode all about Eddie Graham, like the promoter, the the centerpiece of the promotion. You could talk about his career, how he was as a promoter, the end of his life, all of that stuff. And you know, I'm I'm thinking out loud here, but the next episode is going to be Stampede Wrestling, which would be fine. And then they should make an episode all about Stu Hart in the dungeon. Like, that would make sense to do it that way. Um, it's just kind of a miscalculation, I think. Um, I hope they don't burn through a ton of stuff in the first season, leaving less to do in future seasons, assuming there's going to be future seasons. Um, but I think the way that they're doing it here, it, it like the Memphis one was really good and the Andy Kaufman one was really good. And since then, I think that these have been a letdown. I don't know, just as a comparison, I don't know if you have this knowledge just to throw at you on the show as as I do, Hey Ed, because I have none. I haven't looked into this at all. Do you know what the overall kind of critical consensus on this has been so far? Or, you know, especially any sort of ratings reports? I, that I 
No, I have not heard anything about ratings. Yeah, I'm curious um, to see how I, it's doing. Especially, again, you just got to compare it to Dark Side of the Ring because we, we mentioned it. We're, we're making assumptions. I think it's kind of obvious, but I also could be wrong because I'm assuming. As I say myself, you should never assume. Take my own advice. But with the concept of this, even when we were talking months and months ago, probably a year plus ago when this was first announced, we were thinking with all of the controversy stemming from the plane ride from hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring, because Dark Side of the Ring was Vice's highest rated show and it gets put on ice after all that controversy. And it seemed like they're like, OK, we got to go in a di- different direction. They're like we don't want to have this kind of uh, of controversy and fallout that this caused, you know, and then, you know, we, we reported it. You had Jim Ross saying that he was taken mm-hmm. out of context and guys like that, that didn't want to partake in, in it moving forward. So I think that derailed dark side of the ring and they came up with this new concept. But again, that's, that's my point is you still have to bring up the comparison to it because it's the same production, you know, that, that is bringing us tales from the territories. And I just think yep. it's, it's just off from, I just think about how much I love looking forward to dark side of the ring and I don't as much with this. Like, I still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I'm trying to c- completely explain, like, how I'm looking at it. But it just, oh, yeah. at the end, it just doesn't compare to me to Dark Side of the Ring. I, I guess that's the summation no, of it. it. It's vastly different. Um, that too. It's, it's just it, different. It's not, yeah, it's not the same. It's really just not. I mean, the, the round table is basically the, the piece, the centerpiece of the show where there was no round table with Dark Side of the Ring. Right, yeah, it's, um, something's just off with it, this to me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely, like, I was really excited because I thought the panelists were really good. Um, but the reality of it is the only panel that I think has been really good so far is the Memphis one. They got the major players from it. They, did, yeah, they didn't miss out on the major players from Memphis, where they're missing out on major players from the, the, the other territories that they've done. Um, Hopefully, um, that's not the case with Stampede, because I think that there are plenty of available people for Stampede, 100%. I think that's the one that Abdullah the Butcher is going to be on. Um, I think Bret Hart might be on that one. But I was also wondering if the Abdullah one, they were saving for Puerto Rico. And I'm assuming that Puerto Rico is going to, you know, get one of these episodes anyway. Well, I mean... They've already covered it in Dark Side of the Ring, but there is a lot, a lot of other stuff that they could be covering with Puerto Rico. So, um, but I don't know. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, for a series, like through those first two episodes, like I was really through the, like to the moon with with this. Like I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is really good. And then it's kind of fallen off since. So I I hope they get back on track with the, the Stampede Wrestling episode. But you know, I'm not going to hold my breath because it, it, you know, it just doesn't seem like that's where it's going to go. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. It's not going to be a chore to get through the rest of this season. Uh, but yeah, it's not. We talk about it, it's not anything that's that's blowing us away, especially kind of making assumptions about the concept that me and you have discussed on a personal level many times. How interesting the territory days are, and then us being in the 2020s. You know, especially for younger generations of wrestling fans that might know not anything about that. There's not there's stuff out there like with anything, a lot of stuff, but it's not overabundant. And the story really hasn't been told in a like blow away package. We we mentioned those previous WWF home video DVDs of all things are, are really the standard right now. The AWA one and the Memphis one. I own both. Uh, th- these just can't. They don't have enough time. And, and the concept, like you said, might be a, just a misfire. That's all. 
Yeah, that's what it seems like. Like there's something missing here, but you never know. Maybe it's something they could get corrected for the second season if they do another one or something like that. And then before you know it, it's like, okay, you know, this is, they, they fixed that. So that's great. You know, there's a good enough concept still there to be able to do oh, a really for sure. successful and, and great show like this. So that is our rundown, by the way, of the episode on Central Wrestling or Central. I keep saying that <laughs> yeah. Championship Wrestling of Florida. Uh, tales from the territories. So we are going to take our very last commercial break. And whenever we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and we're going to talk some goofs. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back right after this on the What's Real podcast. This is Ed from the What's Real podcast for Physically Fit with Kurt Angle. At Physically Fit, we are committed to providing our customers with the highest quality, better for you protein snack nutrition the entire family will enjoy. In a time when product quality seems to be compromised by price, we are determined to be unique and offer different offerings, superior ingredients, great taste, texture, and quality in every bag. We strive to inspire everyone on some level and share values of faith, family, respect, and excellence daily. Our goal is to be a small part of your life, personal growth, health, and happiness. We consider each customer to be part of our growing physically fit family and encourage all to live life to its fullest. Set new goals daily to better yourself physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Don't compromise your values and always be kind and respectful to others. Our motto is healthy people, healthy planet, because we believe that providing great tasting nutrition makes for a healthier you, and a healthier you makes for a healthier planet. Strive for a better tomorrow and live physically fit. Go to physicallyfit.com today. Hey everybody, this is Herman James for the What's Real Podcast, and I'm here to just let you know to welcome you to Goofs or Goofs. And we're back, and it's that time once again. So, the J, what do we got this week on the goof front? Uh, take it in. Hey, here we are at the lagoon, and look what's new because it's that time of year. There's turkeys down here now. Look at those cute little fox. Gobble, gobble, guys. <laughs> They're not going to be happy here much soon. Was, yeah, hey, I was going to show up with one of them shotguns with like, it's like a horn at the end that the pilgrims used to have. Reminds me of the elephant gun because I was watching Tremors yeah. earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Was that Michael Gross from uh, yes. Family Ties? Family Ties in his Atlanta Hawks hat. Like I'm, a, I'm an action reason. star now. Yeah, and then he would go on to make 37 more Tremors movies after that. <laughs> yeah. He's in all the sequels, for real. So we're starting off here because uh, this was big, big news where Twitter was officially purchased by Elon Musk. And one of the first big moves that he's doing is he's going to be charging $20 a month if you want to keep your verified status. Hey, yeah. Dude, he doesn't realize what he's doing. Like, I know a lot of people are just going to pay that shit, but like, you're fucking up your own platform doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid. People are already leaving because of the dude, which I think is funny. Fuck this dude. I don't want to do anything on here. Catch me on the other platforms. Well, anytime right. something's for free and, you know, no matter what the reason to to start charging, you know, because that, that will get me out of shit. Like th- this shit hasn't helped me for advertising. I stay on it just because it's free and it's better than nothing, you know, but if they're going to charge you to be on Facebook and Twitter. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people done. are. Yeah. I wouldn't pay for any of that shit. No way. Yeah. It's, it's just I'm not. And everybody's going to flock to something else then. that's So literally you're opening up a market for somebody like, ah, I remember how Facebook was free. Now that's what we're doing. And everybody's going to go to that. Do you, do you know his line of thinking? Like what's that going to accomplish for him? 
I mean, probably trying to make it, uh, you know, like there's some sort of capital involved because Twitter, that's the problem. He paid 40 some million or 40 some billion dollars for something that like has a very difficult time making money. So that's a great. Well, to be, to be verified, what is the, you have to have like X amount of followers. No official or something like that. Nope. Or you, you you send stuff, stuff into administrators and they approve you. Well, there is, there's a bit of a process to it that like anybody can do. Cause I've tried to do it before, like years ago, whenever I was actually doing shit. Um, but you no longer do shit. You, well, no, I mean, where, I know, I mean, where that would be yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like, dude, you have to go through back channels. It's like celebrities get it done through like their agents and shit like that. And like, I oddly enough, I know some people that are verified. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you got that. You have like 1,200 followers. It's weird, but whatever. I mean, dude, I have over 5,000 on there and I've had over 5,000 for a decade. So, but whatever. I mean, I don't give a shit one way or another. Yeah. I definitely would never pay for it or anything else. I don't really give a shit one way or another about it, period. But it's I usually only use it just to talk to certain people about certain topics and then to read shit. That's it. Exactly. Well, I just bring it up because it was a huge new, news story and this is GRG and Elon Musk fits in. To the goof, yeah, he's the a goof. fucking goof. <laughs> yeah. This is a personal story. Like I'm a comedian writing bits on the road. Hey, yeah, but I was just dying. So I, you know me from my job, I travel all over the place and I drive all over the Pittsburgh area, the greater Pittsburgh what's, area. What's <laughs> the deal with driving? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Airplanes, huh? But I'm driving past this random weird ass gas station in the middle of nowhere and the sign on it caught my attention and I was cracking up because I'm like, this is like a comedic bit. Like, where is this coming from? The the sign said, buy six steak burgers, get one free. I'm like, who is that appealing to? Like, who the fuck's going to buy six steak burgers just to get a seventh? Dude, you know what that reminds me of, don't you? <laughs> no, not offhand. The Simpsons. Hey, Bart. What are you? What are you kids gonna spend your money on? I don't know. I'm probably just gonna buy da 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 da. And Bart's like, "Well, I heard that Taco Shack has a hundred tacos for a hundred dollars, and I sure could go for a hundred tacos right now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good, good point. But I just, yeah, dude, just seeing that in the middle of my day, so random. Buy six steak because steak burgers too, not cheeseburgers. Steak burgers. I mean, you know, maybe you got a big ass family. Oh, the fire, you know, like, is there a local yeah. fire department or something? Th- yeah, that probably would make sense too. Like, you know, a bunch There's of reasons, friends but all hammered go there. We're like, let's do, you guys want to do the, uh, somebody the burger got, thing? Who's going to split the dollar fifty for the free one? It's like, I don't know, but I ain't paying for shit. Like, Fuck let, you let's guys. just go to Sheets. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, this shit, and I could have a steak burger. I'm sure you saw this because I was I was cracking up with uh, AJ Brown. We we talked about the game he had, and Whew. he he wrote to Roger Goodell because he had a drug test this morning. He said, "I would have a drug test this morning, huh?" LOL, Roger. This is not random at NFL. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's random because you didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the because of course he's just trying to say like after the game I had you know well dude you know like don't get me wrong like I don't think guys should be on shit because it is an unfair advantage to them but imagine thinking like you know what man this season hasn't been going good 
I'm going to take a bunch of HGH this weekend and ball the fuck out. And it happens. Like, that's not how anything works. Like, it, you might not get hurt, but I ain't going to make you catch a fucking football or outrun a guy better. Like, it, it <laughs> but whatever. I mean, I'm sure that probably happens all the time. Like, you know, Josh Allen, after they played the fucking Steelers, probably got popped. They're like, dude, you threw for fucking four touchdowns by halftime. Like, yeah. you're definitely pissing in the cup tomorrow. We got to check in with him, see what the deal is. Yeah, and I mean, dude, there's, you know, there's still an issue with it in the NFL. Like, I, I read a story not too long ago about, uh, who the fuck was it? Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. So he was suspended for yeah, games he got this year. And he made a comment about what he was actually taking, and I forget the name of it. But they were like, you know, there's a problem with this. Like, there's still, been, I think they said there's still been like 30-some suspensions in the last handful of years for you know, like this type of thing. And it's, it goes under the radar a lot of times because the guys that get popped aren't like stars. Like it only like gets attention when the stars get popped. Right. So, but it's been a thing. Uh, it's you still going to be around, man. Like, get- yeah, it's a multi-million dollar business and anybody that can take a shortcut that has an opportunity is going to do so. I mean, it's part of well, it. Especially, especially when you're talking with that kind of money. That's what I mean. Like, I don't even... If that's just gonna get me an extra thirty million, I'm taking it too. Yeah, Fuck I'm gonna man. take the risk. It's risk reward shit, and I get it. Yep. Uh, next up is our viral video of the week. Hey Ed, I just sent it to you. Talk about goofs. Uh, this is from Simba, where a man shoots a gun in the air <laughs> and almost makes a fatal error. These dudes are shooting a, uh, you know, I'm so bad with guns, but it's definitely a machine gun, like an AR, just holding it with one hand, shooting it in the air. Uh, oh, that's an AK-47. AK-47, shooting it one-handed. Then he hands it to his boy that's much weaker that tries to do the same thing, and the dude loses control of it, so everybody's like ducking and diving out of the fucking way. There's uh, no what an idiot. Yeah, and then, his, wow. and then his buddy, like he, he just tries to play it off, which you know me, that's what I love the best. The dude, dude. Like, almost killed 18 people, and he like still tries to keep shooting, and his buddy that he passed the gun off goes and just grabs it like, no, nah, man, you're done. Get- and everybody comes over to him like, yo, fuck that. Like, yeah, there's kids, like they're, there's they're kids there. Stop them. Jesus Christ. You got to be kidding me, man. This is just, and this is, I'm definitely saying this is another country. This is not, I, I hope so. At all. Yeah. Um, but that's the viral video of the week on Goofs or Goofs. Truly Goofs. Uh, I, I, this was just a, a mascot of Goofs or Goofs. I had to throw him on for Halloween, wrapping up the Halloween season. But of course, our personal friend of the show, our boy MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know if Your you caught personal friend. I don't know if you caught that he and his girlfriend Megan Fox went as uh, Pam and Tommy Lee to a Halloween of party. They did and he did a, a line of fake coke off her titty and licked her boob. And it says that Machine Gun Kelly's interpretation of Tommy Lee. Might have been a little too on the nose. Hey, yeah, see what they did there. Oh, Christ. Great. Happy Halloween versions, he captioned on an Instagram carousel of photos as he licked fake cocaine off Megan Fox's right breast. Gotta love it, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's our boy. He's still up to his antics. Hey, y'all. Speaking of closing out the uh, Halloween, did you see Kylie Jenner dressed up as Elvira, though? I did not. Banging. Check it out. Yeah, that's your, that's your homework. I'm going to do that right now. Keep yeah, talking. That was a good one. Kylie Jenner dressed up as Elvira. Elvira herself told TMZ, I didn't get a heads up that Kylie was doing the costume, but she did the costume justice, and it was very flattering. So Elvira gave her the, 
the mistress of the dark thumbs up, but yeah, Kylie as Elvira definitely worth mentioning on this segment of our show. Okay. This is even, so I try and look it up and I found hers, the fucking bride of Frankenstein, which is actually really cool. Like she looks great. Damn. Like yeah, she pretty much dress up, you know, no matter what you think of them, those Kardashians. Oh, okay. She had 19 different costumes this year. That makes sense. But, Oh yeah, and Elvira never really showed some ass like that, so that's that's a new side. Yeah, of things, Elvira was boobs. That was before the ass the, the ass days. Indeed, and, but yeah, uh, well, that, welcome to the, dude, the land of the ass days, hey you. The uh, the Bride of Frankenstein one is probably the best one, but yeah, I'm not complaining about the Elvira either. So you'd rather like you know hypothetically you would make love to her in the Elvira or the Bride of Frankenstein. Elvira. Okay. That's kind of my point. Yeah. I'm, I'm more impressed by the costume of yeah, Bride of Elvira. That's a sexy look. Yes. Well, it's that's the point. I would assume. You know, that's why people fucking sent a lot of dudes into puberty. This is a local one here on uh, GRG. A local woman uh, in an area of Pittsburgh called Penn Hills. Uh, the headline is: A woman was carjacked after a pot of soup spills in her SUV. Gee. That's great news because. After the show, I got to drive to Penn Hills, so that's fucking fantastic. I'm just like, don't. Maybe I'll get car. I don't care if I get carjacked. Who gives a shit at this point? Just don't that's bring any soup. Hey, y'all. That's the yeah. I'm not planning on it. Yeah, the victim told police she was driving uh, when a pot of soup in her SUV started to spill. The woman said she had to pull over due to that and ended up getting jacked by. Uh, let's see. It's we'll give them. Yeah, we won't give them publicity. Dude, okay, I actually have one for us this week here. It's not too. Bonnie and Clyde, hey yo. Yeah, that's true. Fucking idiots is what it is. <laughs> so, okay, just a weird question that I found doing the uh, Kylie Jenner research. Um, do you know who has the most followed Instagram account in the world? Kylie Jenner. She's third with 372 million. Oh, wow. Two, this is crazy, is Cristiano Ronaldo. He has 493 million. God damn. But number one has 563 million followers, and it's the dumbest thing of all time. It's Instagram. Uh, I thought you were going to say Tim Burton. Yeah, that's that's like a, uh, <laughs> a, you know, against the rules. Why did you think it was Tim Burton? I don't you know. thought Tim Burton was going to have more than 493 million followers? Because we're in the Instagram. witching hour. Hey, you know. That's why he just shows he just shows his balls on Instagram every day, and everybody's like, eh, "Burton's balls, man, gotta follow them." Yeah, but that's like saying, you know what? Like, who has the most NFL teams? The NFL, like, the, oh. well, yeah, that's exactly that's what I mean. But it is what it is. Instagram, so, yeah, of course. But dude, is it's kind of crazy to think though that Ronaldo has a hundred million more followers than fucking Kylie Jenner. And in parentheses to number one, it says women's asses specifically <laughs> yeah they have six billion this is a problem that you and i have dealt with in our past uh this was a big one on the new york post hey i just sent this to you live on the air as we do with our sponsor the internet uh, i was rejected from a job because my penis is too big uh, it happens to me frequently yep uh, they couldn't take on his extraordinary qualifications a man with an impressive nine and a half inch penis. I'm assuming that's placid. Hey, Ed has alleged he was rejected from a job because they thought he had an erection during his interview. 
British television network Channel 4 features the man Joe on their show aptly titled My Massive Cock, which follows well-endowed men. See, it's stupid. I can't believe somebody like that doesn't just do what I do. And I'm like, no, it's not an erection, sir. That's where I put my umbrella. And they're like, ah, that makes sense. Yeah, you ever see that one viral video where the cops bust that dude and handcuff him and the cops like grabbing down there and he's like, what's this? And he's like, that's my penis. And he's like, that's yeah, your penis. P- and he got pissed when I told him that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, who chose to withhold his surname, is among those who have said their large penis has gotten in the way of leading a normal life and even derailing their careers. As he says, the scaling is off, quite off. It's thicker than my forearm. It's about seven inches around, he said of his privates, according to Metro. Yeah, I think his last name is Mama. Yeah, Joe, Joe Mama. Joe Mammy. He's cool with our friend Mike Hawk. Mr. Hawk. Yeah. And last Tony's but not least, yeah, it's a, uh, <laughs> is a shout out to our actual personal friend of the show. We always joke about that. This is an actual close friend of ours. Shout out to Brady Martin. I sent you this. Had to throw it on GRG because I want to get this shirt. The back of this shirt says, oral sex will make your whole day, spelled W-H-O-L-E. Anal sex will make your whole week, spelled H-O-L-E-W-E-A-K. Oral sex will make your whole day. Anal sex will make your whole week. But I'm bum. But as I say to my Bruhama from another Muhama, week in and week out, between women getting carjacked due to their soup, MGK's goofy ale, Kylie Jenner, Kylie Jenner, the Jay and Hey Ed's penis is being too big, along with Joe Schmoes, and etc. Goofs are goofs. Well, that's about it for us here this week. If you guys are listening on iTunes, feel free to give us a five-star review. It helps out the algorithm, gets the show recognized, and gets more eyes and ears on the program. Uh, of course, if you're listening on Apple iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or Google Podcast, please subscribe. And you can also listen each and every week on churchillpictures.com. But before we get out of here, hear the J revving it up. So the J, take it away. Revving it up like I'm about to hop in my Lex AN and go get us some steak burgers, baby. Buy six, get one free. Hey, yo, I'm on my way. But as I do, got to shout them all out. First and foremost, love the show. To our producer, amongst producers, the wizard behind the boards himself, Cam, thank you for what you do week in and week out here on the show. Consistent, crystal clear 16K sound. Leading the charge, hey, Ed, I can't be a ghost character this week, but I can be a pilgrim general leading the charge this week, getting dodging arrows and everything I do from week to week. If you're hearing my voice right now, I love you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. You'll hear the J next week. So, again, that's about it for us this week here on the show. Shout out to our producer, Cam, for all the hard work he puts into the show, making us sound good each and every week because, as we know here on the show, nobody beats the whiz. And of course, the J, Clang Clang, brother. Another successful defense of our podcast tag team championships of the universe. And we're still undefeated, guys. So it'd be nice to get a challenger every once in a while, but it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. If you have anything you'd like to add to the show, you can email us at whatsrealpod at gmail.com. Again, that is whatsrealpod at gmail.com. So that is it for us this week here on episode 138. Don't forget to join us next week for episode 139 and beyond. So stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you here next week on the What's Real Podcast. What's real? What's real?